This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. Jared. Yes. This is probably the longest episode we've done. I hope so, because uh, it's and, long. And for for good reason. Yeah. Um, we've It's finally here. I'm sure all of you listening are surprised. It's taken almost 40 episodes to do a an all-Star Wars episode. But this is... The Squared Co. Podcast official review of The Last Jedi. Right. And we had thought about doing a roundtable episode earlier than this, but Mark is paranoid about spoilers, and he was worried that in that <laughs> process, someone would talk about the new film. So we're going to yes. save that for another it's, time. It's all all my fault. But uh, this is just one film, and we managed to talk over two hours about this one film. So if... I mean, obviously, there's more than enough uh, content to fill another episode at the very least. I mean, I was kind of thinking about it. If we were to do another Star Wars episode, we could break it down by movie. We can break it down by trilogy. We can break it down by TV shows, by toys. Like, there's so many different ways we could handle it. I don't think we could do just an open-ended roundtable like we did for the Muppets. Mm -hmm. Because it's, Star Wars is just is too big. Well, even with the Muppets, we weren't able to cover nearly everything. So, yeah, I think we would have to focus yeah. on the prequels or the original trilogy or, or something. But this was an interesting movie to do because this one is, is sparking a lot of conversation, both positive and negative. And uh, yeah. I, while I think we all agree in this review that we like the film, we are kind of yeah. hard on it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, so we will get to like talk too much about it in the intro i mean we have over two hours for you guys to listen to hopefully you can make it all the way through there is just like the marvel movies although this is star wars there's a bonus uh after credits scene that jared has uh shared with us so he's got a little gift if you can make it all the way through the end of the episode please stick around (laughs) and and there'll be a little surprise for you at the end um but with that being said before we get started we are going to have a contest attached to this episode. So if you are following us, you know, if you are or you aren't, if you are or you are not following us, <laughs> be sure to check out all of our pages on social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Squared Co. for all three of them. Um, if you check out our latest posts, there will be information about how to enter our Star Wars contest. Um, so yeah. please... Check us out on all the social media, and we will give you information on how to enter the contest. Uh, So it's pretty straightforward. Well, it's just straightforward. I mean, we're basically going to ask you to repost the... uh the episode art that we do for these uh, uh, each episode, um, th- the specifics will all be in the post, but uh, we're just going to give away a bunch of Star Wars stuff, and we'll have pictures on the social media of the stuff that we're giving away, so make sure you go check that out. Um, but we'll put in exactly what you need to do in uh, in the post on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, we'll have something on Twitter. Probably not the whole spiel there, because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I think that's enough. I mean, this is a long episode, like we said, so... Without further ado, here is the... Oh no, I hate it. I hate them so much. Kill it. 
Please. Here is our review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Enjoy. Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast, Mr. Ray Landsberg, and I just heard his last name, but I'm going to stick with Liam. Jared, Chicken. finish it off for me. Liam DeCosimo. <laughs> there he is. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. Hello, hello. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm going to start off. Yeah, no worries. It's um, I mean, we tried to have you on before, and I won't get into it. I think I talked about it in our last episode. Yeah, your world, your world burned down, man. My... <laughs> my my neighborhood catching on fire right. but um anyways i'm gonna go ahead and talk a little bit about ray and then before we get started with star wars so ray and i were actually uh roommates at one point and the re- like the way our relationship started i think m- the door to my room was open at one point when ray was walking by and I had that R2-D2, the voice activated R2-D2 up like on a shelf. <laughs> and Ray was like, oh, are you a Star Wars fan? And I was like, uh, yeah. And then I think you went and ran to your room and grabbed something like, oh, check this out. And we like went back and forth trying to one up each other in our Star Wars fandom. Wow. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. So that's how our little our love relationship started was literally around Star Wars. So it's great to have you here to talk about Star Wars and The Last Jedi. Um, I think you're probably the most knowledgeable Star Wars nerd that I Whoa. know. Oh. Oh. Wow. wow. <laughs> I will take that. I will take that. Thank you. Shots across the bow already. <laughs> um, but as- aside from being super knowledgeable in Star Wars and a former roommate of mine, uh, Ray does have his own company and brand called The Black Acre. Um, once you, we'll give you a quick um, opportunity for you to talk about that before we get started. So, Ray, what is The Black Acre? Uh, Black Acre is basically just a custom leather. Uh, I do a lot of wallets, belts, small goods. I uh, use super high-end uh, material from like Japan and mostly American and Japan stuff. And uh, I have a few stores I sell in, uh, boutiques, and as well as... Uh, as well as on uh, Instagram. So you can just check me out there at the Black Acre. Your elevator pitch is much better than mine, <laughs> even though I know you weren't expecting to do that. I no, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will leave links in our show notes to Ray and the Black Acre. So if you want to, you can check him and his stuff out. Um, Jared, why don't you go ahead and talk about Liam, introduce our other guest. Absolutely. So Liam is uh, one of the hosts of the Cloud City Cloud City Cast podcast about Star Wars, Disney, Marvel, uh, basically all things Disney. I guess that would include 21st Century Fox eventually too now, but I'll let Liam talk about that. Um, I was a guest on his show. Uh, This was just before The Force Awakens uh, opened, and uh, I've been on occasionally ever since then. Um, But I will let Liam tell his story. So Liam, tell him about the podcast and uh, all the other Star Wars-y stuff that you do. 
Sure, sure. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for that beautiful introduction, Jared. You so eloquently, so eloquently pronounced the last name as well, which I appreciate. Uh, no, no, I, I co-host with my wife, uh, Brittany. We do Cloud City Cast. Uh, we've been doing it for about two and a half years now. Um, she's actually the second co-host uh, that I've had. Originally, a good friend of mine, Manoa, was the original co-host, uh, co-host when uh, when Jared was on the show mm-hmm. that, for the first time. He's probably been like three or four times at this point. Um, yeah, we, we cover everything Star Wars, Disney, Marvel, from the movies to the theme parks. Uh, we live in Central Valley, California, so it's easy for us to, to traverse our way down to Southern California and, and you know, really kind of give firsthand experience for some of the events that occur down there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a three-year-old son, uh, Remy, and uh, we, you know, we try to get him involved, and he enjoys the parks, the movies, the rides, the toys, everything. So our podcast isn't just about the experiences or the news. It's also about being parents and how you pass down that love of your fandoms and how you basically create that next generation of fans. That's similar great. to what our parents did for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're also a member of the 501st. Is that correct? I am. So uh, God, since 20, since 2014, I've been a, uh, a Imperial cadet, which is basically like a deck officer. Uh, and I have my Imperial, um, my TIE fighter helmet. I still have to get my breastplate and backplate, and then I'll be uh, a pilot as well. But for the, in the meantime, I'm a cadet working my way up there. But uh, I find it's enjoyable to be a non-helmeted character, because yeah. especially for younger children, <laughs> they can sometimes be a little bit apprehensive when they right. see uh, somebody that they can't see their face. So I can usually be that person that it's easier for them to interact with. And it's, I'm usually the one that's not in the picture. And you can breathe too, right? Oh my God, it's the best part. <laughs> like, I'll be completely honest, in, in Central Valley, when it hits a 113 degrees you're in a jumpsuit oh with like you know soccer shorts and a tank top underneath and you're just dying there's, yeah. just, there's just no way around it so oh. um yeah and if uh anybody that has listened to to cloud city cast before um you know they they kind of know what we get into they know some of the experiences the things that we talk about but mm-hmm. um you know, it's awesome to be on other shows because now I don't have to do as much of the editing. So this That's is right. fantastic. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So we have two very qualified people here to talk about the movie. Um, and I think everyone's raring to go. So before we jump into the actual review and talking about The Last Jedi, you both, both of our guests are parents. And I got to ask, introducing Star Wars to your kids, what is the order of movies you will be Will you have them view it the same order that you did, or are you going to update um, and do it something a little bit different? Now that they're coming out with you know the one-offs, Rogue One, and then they're doing the solo movie and Kenobi, uh, and who knows which other ones in the future, how are you going to introduce the Star Wars world to your kids? Uh, we'll start with um, Ray. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know what? Right now, it's it's all about you know force the new the new. T- uh, trilogy so you got you know ray and bb8 so it's already you see it everywhere so my three and a half year old already knows all about it without even seeing the movies mm-hmm. so i've sat and watched uh episode seven with her and uh she's she's obsessed with ray so which is cool <laughs> yeah, but uh, cool. i'm not really not really pushing any order i just think uh yeah. if she likes star wars that's cool by me so oh you know what except so, if, except if it's attack of the clones though <laughs> yeah. here we go here we go <laughs> oh shots fired shots fired <laughs> yeah i dig it i dig it 
So um, for me, you know, we, we have a we on our Instagram, we have a video of Remy standing in front of the TV. And uh, as we I think I put in episode one. Yeah, it was uh, Phantom Menace. So he's he's probably not even one years old yet. And he's holding a lightsaber in his hand. And as like the opening, um, you know, uh, opening crawl hits, you know, and you've got the fanfare and everything. He like throws his hands up in the air and he's all super excited. So, I mean. Yeah, we kind of started just with whatever movie we felt like popping in. I don't think we had any particular order in mind. Um, but I think when mm. when the time comes that we're like, hey, you're old enough to really understand what these films are, I would absolutely start with four. But the first movie we ever took him to the theater to see was The Force Awakens. Uh-huh. So, I mean, technically that right. was the first. God, because he, yeah, because that would have come out early, like mid-December. His birthday's Christmas Eve. So he was <laughs> like. Ten, 10 days from turning one and that was the first movie we ever took him to so and and every i mean every year now of his life you know because he was he was born in 2014 so 2015 we took him to force awakens and then rogue one and then he went to the opening premiere of last jedi so i mean we, we've kept it consistent and i plan on on doing that throughout all right so if you have ever listened to a squared co podcast episode basically anyone i think i talk about this almost every single episode I'm the crazy person that avoids trailers for movies that I want to watch. Um, well, actually, pretty much just Star Wars stuff. So I avoided all the Force Awakens trailers except for the teaser. I didn't see any for uh, The Last Jedi either. So now, having seen it, I can, I don't know, I can talk about it. But anyways, before we get into the review, um, what were, since I don't have an answer for this because I avoided trailers and any online ads, what were some of your guys's like initial thoughts before going or expectations going into the movie before you saw it? Jared, we'll start with you. Oh, that's a weird question. So, uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. Expectations. It's not a weird question. I ask this every <laughs> single movie review. <laughs> uh, well, I, I did watch the previews for this. I didn't watch. I don't think I watched everything. There. there wasn't as much. It didn't seem as like uh, for Force Awakens. Uh, I didn't do as much reading and extra stuff. So I didn't go into it with any preconceived notion. Uh, early talk was that it was a weird Star Wars movie. Uh, and I think that was about <laughs> as specific as I heard. I, I didn't hear about specific scenes or, you know, certainly people were speculating about who's going to die, who's going to live and who's raised parents were and whether that even mattered. But um, I don't know. I, I didn't go into it with any expectation other than, you know, just continuing. I think we all knew it was going to continue exactly where it left off. I think that's about the most I yeah. heard specifically uh, going into the film. But that's that's about it for me. I don't think I had anything else going into it. So you were almost as blind as I was, but you had well, seen Well, I'd seen previews trailers. and trailers, but yeah, story-wise, I didn't know much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you got to remember for me, like, this is part of the, the job, right? Yeah. Is to, to, to do the news, <laughs> talk about the trailers, do the breakdowns, the reviews. So for, for me, like, I... And I'm, I'm that, like, my wife is completely different, right? So for her, she wants to be completely spoiler free going into any film. Whereas for me, I'm that person that I will dig and dig for spoilers, for, for theories, for anything, (laughs) just because I love to immerse myself in that stuff. And even Mm -hmm. if it, some, I don't know, I'm that guy that it doesn't ruin it for me. Like, there were certain people, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan, right? So when Avengers came out in the trailer, they showed Hulk catching Iron Man as he fell out of the sky. And people were like, oh, well, that ruined it. 
So we knew that Hulk was going to catch him. And for me, I get so in the moment that I'm not thinking about like, oh, yeah, in the trailer, Hulk's going to catch him. Like, I'm just watching Iron Man fall from the sky and go, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Like, I, I can distance myself from what I've already seen. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm the ideal person to do this kind of breakdown stuff because I can separate the two of them. So I'll watch those trailers but not be watching the movie going, oh, I bet this scene comes up next. Oh, I know how this one's going to end. Like, right. Because so much of the trailers ends up being lost footage anyways mm-hmm. because they know, hey, we're just going to use this to entice you to come. They're not, they're not using that. It, it's the selling point. It's not the, the finished product. All right. So I know that Ray is the, uh, also a crazy person and looks for the spoilers too. Um, oh, fanatical, man. <laughs> fanatical. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're nuts. Um, so what were some of your expectations going in and like some of the knowledge you had before watching the movie? Uh, like Liam was saying, there wasn't much out there. It was pretty much just some leaked photos of sets and speculation and little things, but nothing like big. But uh, I mean, for me, though, half the fun is is the is the hunt for some juicy tidbit. Uh, you know, I, I, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, why do you want to know all this stuff? I'm like, well, that's, what's fun. I got to enjoy star Wars the whole year, you know? So trying to have fun figuring it out. But, uh, as far as expectations go, Oh, what what were we going to say? I don't, I mean, I already know the answer to this, (laughs) so it's weird asking, but you did get a chance to see some of it before you actually watched it. Oh, I watched about. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I watched the I watched the potato cams the day before. I got watched about <laughs> forty minutes of the movie. So, oh. but uh, yeah, I know I couldn't help it. Once I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I, it's you know, I kind of felt bad about that, but I'm not gonna lie. But uh, <laughs> as far as the expectations go, I, I was kind of up in the air. I think uh, Force Awakens kind of left me a little bit like. I mean, I, I liked it, but that was as, about as much as I could say about it. So I kind of was hoping that this one could take it someplace cool because it's kind of how they left it with the last one. So, well, that's so, okay. That's a good spot for me to jump in now. This is, we didn't mention this earlier on, but this is totally spoiler territory. So, Ray and Liam, Jared already knows this. Don't hold back or feel like you have to tiptoe around spoilers or major plot points. It's all fair right. game. Whatever you want to say, don't even have to preface that this is a spoiler. Just this is the warning right here. So everything from here on out is fair game. You know, I will say I did see a picture of that X-Wing underwater that was just randomly posted. Mm. And and I didn't. That was a little unfortunate to see that because that's kind of a a cool thing to just see in the film. But, you know, not a story spoiler, but uh, it was things little things. Yeah, that that. I saw that was. surprising that they went through the trouble to add that and then they didn't they never mentioned it at all like there was no i thought there was going to be a scene where during ray's training just like luke at dagobah she was gonna have to like resurrect it or bring it up out of the water Mm -hmm. Um, but it literally was like five seconds of screen time and then never ever mentioned i think uh i think the whole point of that was to yeah i think the whole point of it though was to show that it's kind of like a red herring uh, he could get off the island at the end. You were kind of, I guess, you were supposed to assume that he took his X-wing off the island. So, right. Oh, that was my that was my thought. Yeah, it. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Wow, Ray, you jumped right um, to the end already. Come on, man. Oh, I'm go. sorry. <laughs> thanks. thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah. See, see you next time, Mr. Four, uh, Mr. Four, Forty minutes in, and he's you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for me. I I don't even know how to start this conversation. I had, let's see. So I had a lot of fun in The Force Awakens. 
when, as soon as the movie let out and I walked out, I, I had such a good time. It was a really fun movie. And they had that cliffhanger at the end where she meets Luke. And you know, or at least you think the next movie, like you know everything that's going to happen. She's going to go through a training. They're going to try and bring down Snoke and Kylo, whatever. So that one, there was a lot more, I had a lot more fun with that than I did with The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi was really weird story that was being told. Um, like for me, you know it's a trilogy. And the, the second movie in a trilogy is supposed to set up the scene for a lot of things to happen in the, the final movie, the third one. Uh, I didn't feel like this one did that mm. at all. Mm. I don't know. This was felt to me, it felt like it was a reset on everything that happened from The Force Awakens. Mm. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it was, it was very weird for the second installment of a trilogy to not have a cliffhanger. Like, every... And there was definitely no resolve, but there's not something that we were left like aching for um, in a, a third installment. Mm. I feel like the, the third one's going to be a few years later as opposed to The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi was like the next minute. So I know that's not much for anybody else to springboard off of. So I'm going to throw it to Jared to just uh, bring up something that he liked about the movie. Well, so I'll start with sort of a general thought because, you know, it's Star Wars. So I... I love Star Wars films, no matter what. Like, even if I hate a Star Wars film, that right. puts it 10 miles above most other films, even the ones I hate. So yeah. let me just say that I liked this movie, and now I will proceed to rip it to shreds. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I liked this movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and, and part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan is to go through this process of breaking it down and saying what made sense, what didn't make sense, what they could have done better. But I don't want it to be misunderstood that I, that I did not like this movie. I, I did like this movie. I, I, I've seen it yeah. three times uh, before this review now. So, and, and I <clears> did, uh, there were things that I liked even better on the second viewing and third viewings than I did in the initial one. Um, when, I, when I first watched it, it felt very long. Um, but by the second and third viewing, it, it kind of moves a little bit faster. So, um, mm -hmm. but in general, I like this movie. So I'll, I'll start there. And if anyone else, Liam, you want to do like a general thought yeah. before we go deep? I think before, before we jump to Liam, I think it's safe to say that all of us are, you know, we're right there with you, Jared, where we all love Star Wars just because we're obviously fanboys <laughs> and just so embedded in the Star Wars universe um, I think, yeah, it goes without saying that we will like a Star Wars movie because it's a Star Wars movie, yeah. but then there will always be those issues we have with them. But, um, sorry, but this ahead. movie in particular is getting really passionate, strange <laughs> press. So that's yeah. why I wanted to be clear yeah. out the gate that I did like this movie. Uh, and then we can break it down. So go ahead, Liam. I, what are your sort of top level thoughts? You you legitimately just stole my entire speech. Like I was gonna be like, okay, before I say anything, I loved this movie, but there's a lot of opportunities, and I, and I think that for me, this was the first Star Wars movie that I had walked out, you know, at the end of it, and kind of stood there confused. Mm -hmm. I think I think you know, oh, Mark yeah. said it perfectly. I walked out of Force Awakens was like excited. You know, I was like, oh, that was so much fun. That definitely sets it up. I'm excited to see what happens next. I walked out of Rogue One, and I was like, I'm so glad it ended the way that it did. That was the perfect war movie. It was Saving Private Ryan meets freaking Star Wars. This was perfect. <laughs> and then I walked out of this and was just like, huh? huh. What, what just happened? And I, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know if it was character choices. I don't know if it was directorial style. 
um, if, if it was the pacing, if it was the length of the film, I, I feel like everything was a contributing factor mm-hmm. to this. And then underlying the entire time, which maybe is what kept a lot of people off balance, is thinking, okay, how are they going to kill off Carrie Fisher in a way that feels honorable oh, yeah. to her, not just as an as a character, but as the the actress herself? So I think the whole time, right. and they kept they kept kind of you know red herring us the the yeah, entire yeah. time, and yeah. I I, yeah. I think that's. That kept me at um, a, a perpetual state of unease th- throughout the whole film. So I saw these. I saw it back to back. I went to a second showing immediately after the first showing, and that wasn't intentional. <laughs> I know it, it just that's made. It worked out that way. But I will say that it sort of took care of that baffled feeling of walking out of there because yeah. you could immediately go back into it and be like, okay, let's. Let's see what the hell happened here. Uh, and, you know, you can kind of <laughs> organize your thoughts and like, did I really see that? Like, was, is that really what happened? And things like that. So that that helped a little bit. But uh, I'm going to let Ray go with his uh, his top level thoughts first. Uh, oh, man, this is like the hardest question <laughs> just because it's uh, I have so many thoughts about the movie. Um, it's crazy that uh, man. Don't okay. Don't feel like you have to be restrained. Whatever you want yeah, to say, just absolutely. go. We'll, we'll uh, okay, go okay. Well, you know, my, my okay. This is the first thing I thought of when I came out of the movie. It's like this had some of the coolest Star Wars moments I think that have ever ha- happened in a movie, and some of the most what the fuck moments <laughs> of of a Star Wars movie. Let alone a lot of movies that you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I kind of came out just it was mixed emotions. I didn't know what to make of it. So. Yeah, I, I think what was different, though, that I kind of liked having that feeling like, what the heck? Like, I think The Force Awakens, one of its faults was that you, you came out maybe a little too comforted. Like, oh, yeah. OK, like, yeah, I see what they did there. Um, and this one, you're kind of like, huh, like, I don't this doesn't lead us directly into the the third film and the conclusion of everything. So um, I think there is something kind of good about that. Uh, and, and again, once we get into these details, we'll see which outweighs the other, but <laughs> uh, I think it's okay to be kind of baffled by a star Wars film. Well, but I, but I think the part of it too, and like, especially with, you know, like I said, with TBS airing all of these films and, you know, I, I'm sure all of us went through and watched all the movies leading up to, to getting to this one. I mean, maybe not the clone wars movie, but you know, all, all <laughs> and I would have skipped attack of the clones had my wife allowed me to, but she has to have her fangirl over Hayden Christensen moment. So, but, but I think that, it, that is so much a part of it is we are like, I walked out of this movie and there were, to me, there were certain points where I was like, am I watching a family guy version of a Star Wars movie again? Cause there was just way too many jokes and the jokes went on for too long. Oh, yeah. Like that opening salvo between Hux and, and Poe, yep. it was, it was literally the exact same joke as the, do you talk first or I do talk first? Exactly. But then they exactly. dragged it yeah. out for like three yeah. minutes. And at that, like, and that right out the gate sets up Hux as literally a buffoon for the entirety of the movie. Whereas he was kind of a badass in the first, you know, in force awakens with his like Heil Hitler crazy speech that you're just like, Whoa, this dude is drinking all the Kool-Aid. He is completely on board for this. (laughs) And then you get him in this one. You're like, he's the butt of every joke. Like there's never a point that I feel like he was a valuable character and he ceased to add anything to the storyline at that point. Whereas in force awakens, he was a viable uh, adversary to, 
to Kylo Ren, where mm-hmm. you were like, okay, well, well, Hux is the one that has it together, and Kylo is a tantrum baby. Like, yep. li- like, li- literally, <laughs> yeah. literally, I could hear Vanellope von Schweet saying, like, yeah. <laughs> you have a good tantrum diaper baby? Like, every single time Kylo was on screen. So I think, I think that caught me off guard right from the beginning. Whereas with Force Awakens, the joke was so slight that you were kind of like, oh, that's cool that they threw that in there. And then this time it was, it was too heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I that was a big issue for me too. For me, I take Star Wars so freaking seriously and I did not appreciate that they tried So every Star Wars movie has comedy moments, mm-hmm. right? There's funny lines, but they made it like it was almost felt like there was bits in here. Yeah. And it was too extended and for me, I felt like it it made Star Wars a joke mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I laughed at all the bits. I thought they were funny, but I don't I don't want Star Wars to be, you know, taken as like a funny movie at all. So for me, it kind of cheapened Star Wars by the addition of all these funny. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, um, I didn't I was not. A fan I agree. And Hux in particular became a Spaceballs character like right out the gate. <laughs> yes. And like he was kind of a little over the top in Force Awakens, which like Liam said, it could be taken a little more like, oh, he's kind of a crazy killer guy. Uh, but this time mm-hmm. they just like threw it all out. He's just a clown. He's just a, yeah. a you know, like these weird casual humor moments that just don't fit in like with the star Wars flavor of humor. I agree. There's humor in every star Wars film, but like you said, they're not, they're not bits. I think the one that I did like almost reluctantly was when Luke said about, uh, Jakku, like, yeah, that pretty much is nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that was kind of funny. Uh, but some of the other stuff, uh, I just, yeah, rolling my eyes and wish they wouldn't feel the need to insert, specific bits like that yeah um another thing that so this will be quick unless you guys want to elaborate on this but i freaking hated the porgs i hated (laughs) them so much i it's it's a lot of like for similar reasons as i didn't like the comedy bits i feel like it was just a cheap attempt to be cute and funny at the same time so it was like the equivalent of guardians of the galaxy baby groot but it didn't add anything to the story um and they just they bugged the shit but- <laughs> out of me. It felt like a cheap cheap ploy in the a whole movie. Like I, I was not about. I the promise porgs. we'll let Ray talk here, but I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> like the poor. I was fine with the porks, and I was actually like, no. I was relieved that they didn't do more than they did with the yeah. porks. Uh, yeah. And if they had taken out a bunch of the other goofy humor stuff, that would have been that would have been your humor, and that would have been fine. That would have been plenty. Yeah. Maybe it was just that that was sprinkled on top of all the other nonsense that, I don't know. They just bugged the shit oh, out of me every single scene. that breaks my heart. But, Ray, what did you think specifically of the humor? Did you like it or did it fall flat? Uh, some of it was okay. The Porgs, actually, for me, I thought the Porgs were awkward. I felt like they might have cut a lot of Porg stuff out because they were scared <laughs> yeah. of it. And it almost felt like when they popped up, it was like uh, out of place, if that makes sense. Uh, so it's like they po- they popped in for a quick little moment for a little gag, and and then they, you wouldn't see him again. So and it was just felt weird. And then uh, I don't know, Hux to me in the in the Force Awakens was more of like a like a a wuss that pretend, but he was a <laughs> but he was a general because of his like because he's like an officer type. 
So I, I kind of feel like he was already kind of a wuss in the first one and just pretended to be tough. <laughs> so I feel like in this one, they yeah. just kind of, they turned it more into a comedy thing. I wasn't a fan of it, but... Oh, you know, yeah. you guys don't you you guys don't like rotisserie pork? Like, come on! I mean, <laughs> it ve- looked good, didn't it? Yeah, I'm vegetarian, so it didn't appeal to me. But I figured the rest of you were mouth watering. Like, man, I really could go for some chicken. He was right already dead. He on? was already dead, though. That's what was, I thought was weird. Is like yeah, he was going right? to eat it. The pork was already dead. Then why are you crying? Yeah. Uh, the- <laughs> now it's just a waste of a pork. I mean, well, I hope they have it at Disneyland. I hope they have it instead of a turkey <laughs> leg. We got to have it at Disneyland. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> It's so gross. <laughs> Would you eat it in that sh- in that shape too, Jared? Uh, yeah, the legs, and then you can keep the legs as like souvenir things from you know. But they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do like that blue green walrus like milk crap that Luke drinks. Yeah. So, oh, oh yeah. that scene! Oh, it's the worst. Do you think that was a callback to uh, A New Hope? Uh, just him drinking blue it, it milk. It was a, an attempt, but the creepy look. A weird callback. The, the, the walrus cow gives Ray this look just like, you want some too? You like? like you like? So creepy. <laughs> and they're sitting there like weirdly uh, cash. The way their pose yeah. was, they're so chill on those rocks. Just like, yep, yeah, help yourself. What was, up with, what was up with the face that Mark Ham, uh, Luke made after he took a sip of the milk? I always thought that was, we- I thought that was a weird face. You think that was yeah. that? I don't know. <laughs> he does a, I dare you to judge me. Like, he yeah. just looks at him, <laughs> say something. Yeah, I, I'm a monster. I thought that whole sequence of him, like, just doing the, the day-to-day stuff and, like, showing how he gets food. I mean, we assume that he hunts and gathers his own food. I don't know if we needed to see how he does it. I felt like that was a waste of minutes for the movie. So Patton, Patton Oswald famously said after the prequels, specifically after episode two, um, I love ice cream, but I don't need to see how it's made when he referred to, <laughs> to Boba Fett and how he didn't need to see yeah. what Boba Fett. That was literally the last Jedi from like start to finish. And like, I, I love blue milk <laughs> as much as the next person. I don't need to see how it's made. You know, like there were just certain things like I love Marvel movies, but they insist on putting a shirtless hero in every film. Didn't need a shirtless Kylo Ren. I'll I'll give Adam Driver his, his due diligence. <laughs> oh the dude, my god, the dude worked li- out, had a nice looking body. But yes. guess what? You don't need your shirt off, bro. Put it on. Put on a tank. Uh, I literally laughed out loud in that scene when I yeah, saw. Yeah, everybody the movie did. Too. Yeah. Like, so, oh my god, that just seemed so weirdly out of. And place. her being like, "Can you put a tunic on?" I was like, "Is this an SNL skit? Like, what is yeah. happening right now?" <laughs> I thought I thought it was hot. <laughs> there we go one honest answer amongst the four of us <laughs> since we have been bashing i will throw in uh, a little a pro here or a like um i did like so we were exposed to a new thing that the force can do with linking people so the relationship between kylo and ray um and how they were able to kind of see each other wherever they were and have interaction. I thought that was a really cool new introduction of like a force power, if you will. I don't know, you know, if they handled it the best way. I think a lot of the scenes they had together were cool. Um, But yeah, I really liked the introduction of that new power. The force bridge. Hmm. Well, because we briefly saw that with Luke and Leia and Empire, right? 
where he's able to reach out right. to her. She can she can feel that that he needs uh, assistance. And I think that this I'm I'm with you on that one. I think but this was next yeah, level. Well, yeah, because you got to figure they're better trained than either Luke or Leia were at right. that point. Well, not trained, but like their connection to the Force. And then obviously, as we found out later, Snoke was kind of um, helping that along to some degree. Do you believe that though? I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, I mean, he may have been I, the I like kind of. I th- Pushing it towards that. So does that mean that that link is broken well, now? That Snoke's I think gone? she I cut think it so. off. You know what I mean? Yes. Like when yeah, the door like, shut. Like, yeah, exactly. Cause, and I, and I think it, it's. I think that Snoke probably instigated that bridge, but then they were able to continue that connection because they both felt lost. They found that comfort in one another, and it, I, I never felt like it was romantic in any regard. I just yeah, felt right. it was, hey, right. you Thank and God. I, you and I are in the same place, and it was more com- camaraderie than anything else. And I loved that. I literally thought that that was hands down the best part of the entire movie. And even with Ryan Johnson's heavy hand with smash cuts on every single scene, mm-hmm. I thought that 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 actually worked. And having the feel that they were in the same room or like when Kylo has you know wipes the water away right you know like yeah. all of those sequences I thought were so properly executed that I can almost forgive you know the the family guy SNL humor because I got that and I think that was worth any of the downsides that we had for this film I I it's by far the best part of the film like Hands down. That is really all that this film is, I think. Because if you look too closely at the other storylines, they go absolutely nowhere. Um, so <laughs> like this part is was was well done. That's why I think there is sort of this dilemma of this movie, is that there were parts that you really, really enjoyed and really felt Star Warsy, and then other parts where you're like, what the heck? Like we yeah. just we don't need we could have lopped off a, an hour of this. Um, and just, uh, you yeah. know, had a tighter uh, Canto film. bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will get there for sure. But um, <laughs> yes, I agree. I loved the, the, the Ray, Luke and Kylo stuff was, was my favorite part of the film. And, and that's what makes you, I think, get through in the repeat viewings. Um, so I can't remember. Was it Canto bite? Yeah. Is that what the, the casino yeah. planet was yep. called? Okay. So that was probably one of the biggest cons for me um <laughs> that whole thing to me felt very prequel yes yeah yeah it's, it's like it uh like so for force awakens they tried to do a lot of practical stuff like keep if you can do it practical they're gonna do it practical like if it if it would made sense to do they did it i felt like a lot of things in this movie they're just like oh screw it let's let's go back to cg yeah. so that like whole city uh was very felt very fake um just like a lot of basically all of the prequels um them riding those weird horse animals just felt super out of place and reminded me of some of the like when Anakin was surfing on those weird things in oh, the grass <laughs> uh, attack of the clones uh. just like I don't know from so I'll leave it at that before I continue rambling but that whole Finn storyline going to that planet and running around the the casino city felt very prequely to me and in the worst of ways. So Ray, why don't you uh, go first and bash the casino scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I was thinking about the casino scene today. Actually, the reason why I think they did that whole CGI thing with them on the what do they call the. Fathers, 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 whatever. It's, there's no fathers, story. Yeah. For, there's no story for her, for him. So it's like, so they had, 
So they had to like throw in something for them to do. I mean, they got they go to jail for illegally parking. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least they didn't put oh. a boot on the spaceship, though, right? Yeah. Oh should. my god, it was yeah, it was it was bad, and I yeah. I blame it. And I was uh, another thought I had too is I blame uh, Poe Dameron for being uh, for being Oscar Isaac. I think they had to give Oscar Isaac a big story when, meanwhile, he should have oh. just been. Him and it should have been him and Finn on Canto, like doing some kind of like James Bond kind of stuff. Yes, trying to yes. find out. It, that would have been way. Yeah, better. So I think that would have been so cool. But then they had to throw in the new character, and I I don't know. So that's my thoughts on Canto Bite. It, yeah. It's a throwaway. You could totally take it out of the movie, and it would not matter. Yeah, I think even if they want, so they probably had it in there to have Benicio del Toro's character come in. So I feel like he might be like a Lando character and come back to redeem himself in the third totally. one. Totally. Otherwise, it's it's very very weird to have him show up and then be gone and never come back again. So I feel like that's why they did it. But you're right. I do. I didn't think of it. They should have had Poe and Finn go there if they really needed the introduction of that character. They could have treated that whole their whole time there a lot differently, um, and yeah, it would have been a lot better. I mean, they they go to this casino to get the codebreaker guy, right? And so they find him, and it's Justin Thoreau <laughs> being stupid. Um, and then, but then they put them in jail where they happen to find another amazing codebreaker. Is that Co- yeah? <laughs> is is that what happened there? Like he wasn't supposed to be the one they were looking for, right? Like yeah. So no. that's that's so dumb. <laughs> well, but, but you, I mean, you got to figure like so much of Star Wars hinges on happenstance, and and like yes, you can't yes. like like really if we pick it apart, like you know, I I was talking to uh, our buddy Josh who does uh, a podcast called Animation Station. I know you guys have had Gavin on the show, mm-hmm. and he, he had mm-hmm. a complaint about the opening sequence where the bombers drop bombs. But there's no gravity in space, so why right, would the right. bombs have dropped? And why is this girl kicking the ladder and it's going to drop? Like, there's there's no reason for it. So I mean, we can't we can't pick everything apart. But when you think of like that sequence, um, the, the it's a mission that they ultimately fail because it has no impact on like once they board Snoke's Anything. ship. Yeah, exactly. Like they <laughs> they they get sold out, which it, I I hated it because it was such a cop out and everybody complained about force awakens feeling too familiar and that they didn't mm-hmm. take enough risks and then when you really pick apart this film you're like oh this is exactly another here's the imperials chasing one you know a, a, a ship in space while there's another mission that's going on to the side while they're trying to escape the stars Destroyer. up here we met somebody now they betrayed us to the empire big surprise so like i almost felt like even this film didn't quite have the risks and that act two like just like in Force Awakens with the Rathars, which is my least favorite part of that entire movie, it is so <laughs> worthless. And Rathars are the dumbest thing. Why did that even have to happen? Uh, awful, awful. So you can say Conja Club. That's the only reason why they have. Yeah, yeah Conja Club. <laughs> so you can, yeah. So you can randomly have a Scottish dude just be like, "Look at how Scottish I am." No, 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 no. But then you, but then you have this like this introduction of a character that you're trying to loop into her connection to her sister that we saw die in that first sequence, which you didn't care because almost everybody died in that sequence. There mm-hmm. was, there was no point <laughs> for you to single out one character. That you're like, Oh, goody for her. She dropped the bombs. Yeah. Big freaking deal. You had these ships literally fly straight at them. Like you couldn't have flown higher 
than what their range was and still drop those bombs from a different height. Like, obviously, they're not we're not talking about genius tacticians here when it comes to space battles. But when you get to when you get to Canto <laughs> Bight, like you don't feel like the mission makes sense. You yep. don't feel like the people that are set on the mission make sense. The people that they bring back, this character literally has no impact on the film other than that for some reason he's able to figure out that they're cloaking the transports. Yeah. For, yes. And they for no reason. There's no explanation for why he would know this at all. And and it, the he he may have been the only character introduced that was worse than Holdo, which she was another <laughs> character that you were like somebody please care about Laura Dern. You haven't seen her since Jurassic Park, but suddenly you should give a crap about her. Oh, wait, no, she's going to fly a spaceship that easily could have been an amazing send-off for Carrie Fisher, but no, you're going to give it to this random character that, yet again, I don't care about. So you've introduced three new characters, none of which have any holding power past this film. And rant over. We know where he's going. (laughs) They could have done that, flown that ship through it at any point. They could have done that with the medical frigates earlier on. Yeah, that ended up getting blown up anyway. Yeah. Just turn those around. And they had two of them. Yep. So they could have done those two. Yeah, I don't know. We So I saw them. I didn't mention this. Ray and I saw the movie together. So a lot of these things that we're talking about, we hashed out after we saw the movie together. Do you have anything else to add to the Canto Bite stuff, Jared or Ray? Uh, well, I mean, I agree with with everything we've said so far. Like, that's that is the worst part of this whole section is that it was so pointless that it didn't go anywhere uh, and that it didn't have an impact. Like Liam said, Uh, other than to get, I guess, Finn on the ship to have that terrible showdown with Phasma, who turns out to be the worst best design character ever. Um, (laughs) But uh, other than that, that's what was making me furious was that there was no point to them spending all that time and and all that sort of CG effort and, and, you know, just to, have a few goofy comedy bits and I guess what was that accent that alien was doing when he was saying that they were parking illegally? Like that was so weird. Oh, like the country Alabama. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Kind of thing? Y'all, y'all park your spaceship in a no parking <laughs> zone. We're going to have to get you towed. <laughs> it's so strange. So odd. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, that whole part and then, you know, they try to do this whole sort of like she's, uh, she loves the animals and that's very sweet and all, but, uh, you know, and then, <laughs> is, it, uh, is it really though? Yeah, well, the, the other thing that that brings up though is how they sort of they escape at the end because BB-8 is just absolutely amazing in this film. Um, but <laughs> there was too many of these like cliffhangers, literally, and like um, like last minute saves and like oh boy, wasn't that close? You know, like so much of this stuff. And I know they do this a lot in Star Wars films, but it seems like they're doing an abundance of this in this film, like. Looks like there's no escape, and then last minute, you know, BB-8 happens to fly up right then, or he's in a <laughs> need a lift. Yeah, yeah. So. but isn't that yeah. the problem? Wasn't that the the main problem with Phasma in Force Awakens, where she was <laughs> grossly underutilized, and then you're yeah. like, oh, she's going to be back in this film. She's going to be a badass, and then they're like, no, they're gonna they're gonna do even worse with her on this one because yeah. you have to figure like in Force Awakens, Finn loses the fight to you know the the trooper that calls him traitor. Right. But, and then in this one, he beats Phasma. I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> like the next day, right? right? Like the dude has been in a coma for, you know, how long? Like, you know, at least a day. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and not only can he beat Phasma in a fight, but now he can also pilot a, a, a sand or, a, you know, a skimmer on crate. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about Mary Sue from Force Awakens? Like he was the Mary Sue for this one. 
Yeah. And funny <laughs> that they labeled him a hero. I yeah. was trying to think back to the other movie. I'm like, wait, when did he, when was he heroic? What, what did he do <laughs> <laughs> in Force Awakens? That was so. He got his jacket hero. cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> I think the part, the last thought on Canto Bite is it could have been good too if they just made the whole relationship with Rose and, and Finn better. Because yeah. like the only thing we ever, uh, yeah. and the only thing we ever learn about Rose as a character is that she hates rich people and she likes animals. Yeah, so I didn't, I never ever thought that they were trying to do romantic angle with them until they kissed. So it's like I don't know if if the filmmakers in their head thought they were building a really compelling relationship or like story arc between those two characters, and then this kiss was like going to tie it all together. It's like it, it felt that kiss and their relationship, it just felt so out of place. And yeah, I don't know what they were thinking on that, why it happened, uh, like just everything about that relationship was very felt forced and just out of place. Yeah. Really weird. And I, I uh, like I, I am happy that they have uh, a female character and, and uh I'm happy that they have an Asian actress portraying this character. I am all for all of that stuff. <laughs> Thumbs up. Great. I, I wish they got uh, a better actress. <laughs> like a lot of her lines <laughs> fall really flat. And, and I don't think it's just necessarily the the script itself. But uh, like that scene at the end where she has to kind of carry that kiss and and the death or the where she kind of passed out. Weakest, it was so weakest kiss awkward. Ever. And yeah. yeah. Oh. But like well, they I couldn't, said, they I couldn't, like that they, they couldn't leave it like that. Well, I was gonna say they couldn't ha- leave it that Anakin and Padme had the worst kiss in Star Wars history. <laughs> so they were they like, well, let's make it. this one even more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta one up it exactly. It, it's well, bad when this kiss <laughs> is more awkward than Luke and Leia kissing. Like <laughs> that is bad news. <laughs> so Liam, what did you think though of oh. the Rose character in general? So. All right, so I liked I liked it in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm I'm big on uh, them pushing more diversity in these films, sure. Especially because when, when you think about uh, the backlash that we even had with like Force Awakens with Finn being African American was was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, which I mean, when you think about it, you take Darth Vader's helmet off, and it's a white guy. Why can't you take a stormtrooper helmet off, and it's a black guy? I mean, l- yeah. let's be real here. So, so I I really like the introduction of of you know more more um, characters of Asian descent, especially somebody to be primary, since Jessica Henwick was sort of just a, a secondary in Force Awakens, where she's just a random pilot, and then unfortunately they kill her off, you know, in a most unceremoniously way in this film. So I liked the idea. And I liked it in theory, but I thought the execution was weak. And I think, you know, like we, what we were saying before, the forced romance between her and Finn yeah. fell completely flat. Like that was uh, uh, unnecessary. Right. I, I were at my film. I would have preferred if she had just reached up and like touched his face and then collapsed. So yeah. it would have been like a tender moment without being an awkward moment. Yeah, it was pretty awkward. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but we we mentioned the uh, we all liked the force connection between uh, Kylo and Ray. Was there a term for that that they used? Support. I don't. I don't think there was. I didn't pick up on one. Like that whole them being able to see each other. Was there a term? Force bridge is what I got out of it. Force bridge. Yeah. Um. So because of that, Jared kind of 
he, Jared, I already got his opinion on this. Uh, so he's not going to like my response to this. <laughs> but I, I totally wanted them to be a thing, a romantic uh. thing when they were doing that. And so for me, like the, my, probably my, one of my favorite scenes in all of the Star Wars movies was, I call it the ballroom scene. You guys call it whatever you want. But when they were fighting uh, all the red, the guards after they chopped Snoke yeah. in half. I loved that scene. And I thought that was like, obviously they couldn't come together as whatever. But I was secretly hoping that after they killed everybody, they were going to like embrace and start making out. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but. I mean, we've bashed this movie enough. I want to just sprinkle in a little bit of positives here. <laughs> that whole scene was so much fun. Um, I loved them fighting together mm-hmm. as a unit. Yeah. Like, them playing off of each other was so freaking cool. Uh, like, when, when the whole thing that started, obviously, was spoilers here. Snoke getting chopped in half. Yeah. Um, when that happened, I literally, I, I saw it twice and I screamed out like out loud when that happened both times. Yep. <laughs> Is this just I didn't see it coming the the first time, so that's why I have the second time I just was so excited to see it again. And then just that whole fight sequence was the probably the coolest fighting that I've they've had in a Star Wars Agreed. film. Um but Yeah, uh, no, I I absolutely agree. Of the fighting scene was great and the the way they built to it and it, it was nice. I, it, no, no, no. You, you don't like that I wanted them to make out. I don't think anybody <laughs> likes that you want them to make out. That's gross. That's so stupid. I'd be so angry if that happened. Uh, if they- and it's going to be so it's gonna be so awkward when J.J. ruins it in episode nine and retcons that they are actually cousins. So if they had made out, that would have made it so much more awkward. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed the fight scene very much. I think that was probably many people's favorite scene in that thing. And um it was um like it didn't go on too long and it it was fun like and yeah. and everything. So no, but no, I would not want them to to get together at the end. I I'm sure I'm not alone in that. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to, but like secretly I did, but I didn't, you know, it was like an internal Weird. battle within myself. Creepy. He's he's sitting there singing <laughs> Kiss the Girl from Over <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh man. Um did you okay Actually, we'll get everybody's response to that scene, and then I'll, I have something else to ask everybody. Oh, man. That was one of the best scenes I've seen in any movie. That battle scene was amazing. And you know what? It also makes it great, too. It's like we were talking about earlier with the Force Bridge. Um, the Ray and Kylo stuff made the movie, period, hands yep. down. Force yep. Bridge or not, there was character building. There was... you you got what was going on. That was the only thing that moved forward in this whole movie as far as story goes was those two characters. Yep. But then fighting was grad. I thought Snoke, I know people were really bummed out about Snoke getting killed off like nothing. I thought it was awesome. It made Kylo that much more yeah, dark. Yeah, that was and, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. No, I, that scene is, it's golden. I, I want to watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, and I think that that was kind of, I, I don't know. It was it was interesting because I think we all had high hopes because it was you know one of the fan theories like oh who is Snoke who is Snoke like Jared you were on an, an episode with us and we talked about it being uh, Ezra Bridger right like yes yes you know what I mean like <laughs> like 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 you know just the fan theories that came out so I think there was a little bit of a letdown Wait, was it was it just was it just me or during the when Snoke in that scene. 
when he's talking and stuff, were they playing the Darth Plagueis music from? Uh, yeah. Were they? The oh. No, no, the Darth. Oh, yeah. No, not the yeah, Emperor, the music, but the, no, from uh, episode no, the, three the when they're. Yeah, when they're at the opera. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, at yeah. The opera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They well, were. But, I want that. No, go ahead. Hmm. Go ahead. Oh no! I was like, I, I thought I heard that, and I'm like, are they like messing with us? Because they know that everybody's yeah, thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind, I, I kind of <laughs> hope that's the case, and that they go back and kind of touch on that. But um, yeah. honestly, I loved the fight. I loved that whole sequence. The thing that bugged me was the red walls and the scenery. Yes, like it felt completely out of place. Like we were legitimately in a like a like a set, as opposed to like, oh, this is actually part of the ship. It just felt like. A, it, it, out of place for me. Yes. It, it, it looked and, like an old MGM musical set. Like yeah, it best. did. Like yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, that's why I called the yeah, ballroom right? scene. It's like, <laughs> like those guards were going to start dancing or something. Like, uh, <laughs> a musical number. Hey, yeah. after they make out, why not? You could strike up the orchestra. You know, see, do a little see, do a little tap dance, a little soft that's shoe. Awesome. It'll, be, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> we we'll love it. it. It actually looked incomplete. Like I don't know. Maybe Snoke was remodeling. Like, who knows? They ran uh, out. They, of, just, they ran out of money after all yeah. the CGI. They were like, we don't have anything else left for sets. And Ryan's like, we can't do anything. They're like, no. He's like. Red sheets of fabric. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> Nobody'll notice. Don't. Does does anybody know what the red guards were? The Praetoriate. Like, I mean, obviously, it was like a play on the royal guards or imperial guards from, or like an evolution yeah. of them. But was there anything beyond that? Were they or were they just guards? I I honestly I don't know because it was like they had even less of an explanation than like the Knights of Ren. Right, yeah, like we, right. we saw Knights of Ren in like two seconds of a flashback, and then we have yet to see anything else with them. And with these guards, it's just like, right. oh, and Snoke has some guards. Well, why not? But I think it is yeah. an evolution of the Imperial Guard from from Return of the Jedi. Right. But they were pretty badass guards. I mean, they they were they were oh, very yeah. good fighters. Like they weren't just guards. It felt like it seemed like they had a much more. I mean, well, they were terrible guards, obviously. <laughs> yeah. but they were good fighters. <laughs> Did um. Did anybody pick up, or I don't know if this was just me hearing it, but um, so Kylo, you know, he kind of ditches the mask. And I I don't know if this is me hearing it this way, but I felt like Kylo's voice, or when he lost the mask, it became more like the mask as the movie progressed. So when he first got rid of it, it was just normal Adam Driver. And then by the end, as he got darker and darker... It got it sounded more like him wearing the mask, but he didn't have the mask. Hmm. Well, because it, it wouldn't that be the symbolism, right? Whereas, right. like, the, he wore, yeah, he wore so the, I was just wondering if anybody else yeah. picked up on that or if that was just me being crazy. No, no you, I think you, I think you might that, be right in a way. Yeah. Oh, right. no. I mean, I was, I, oh, no, no, no. I cut you off. I'm sorry. Go for it, man. <laughs> No, no. Uh, dude, uh, dude, I've talked so much. You, you, no, no, I agree man. with you because right. you remember, like in Force Awakens, when he takes off and he's talking to Han Solo, he's like, he's like, uh, your son was weak, and he's like, sounds like a little boy, you know. Yeah. And this movie, he's like, he's mm. freaking angry. And, like, and that's like that logical progression. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. I, I'm glad he took the mask off. To be honest with you, personally. Yes. yes. No, that was my next question. I think so. That was probably one of the coolest like character designs, Kylo Ren with his full uh, cowl and hood and mask. Yeah. So I was I was disappointed when he got rid of it because it's such a cool looking iconic character, and now he's just a dude that wears black. 
Yeah, but for this film, it's so personal. Like, it'd be silly if he's like, oh, hold on, let me go get my helmet. Like we've seen, <laughs> I feel like we've seen him so much I without like they, it. Like it's not like a reveal. They could have made it. It would have made it more personal if he had it on the whole movie, except for the moments when they had the the force bridge. Mm. So when he's like, you know, Kylo mode and leading troops and being a badass face of the resistance, uh, or I'm sorry, the the first order. Um, like he'll have the mask on, but then in those moments with Ray to make him more vulnerable and human he would have not have what about no shirt and mask how would that look would that look better (laughs) i could do it as long as the as long as the pants went up to his chest yeah cumberbutt he had a cumberbutt on yeah why are are we going to the ball oh yeah (laughs) him and van damme shop at the same store man that's why there you go i need more roundhouse kicks otherwise this movie doesn't work But so, but okay. So, so my kind of two cents on that is I think that we were supposed to show Kylo Ren being more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and he is more vulnerable without the mask. And I, I I think that was the the purpose, the symbolism of him smashing the mask is especially when Snoke just berates him. Like you look, you look ridiculous. Take that mask off. Like it's like a dad being like, cut your hair, you hippie. Like it was just (laughs) the emotional equivalent of that. So, so I kind of dug that and I dug that he, he didn't try to, Oh, well, I've got seven other masks in this closet, so I'll just pull out, you know, <laughs> prototype B and I'll be fine. Because there, there's a scene in Force Awakens where he's walking down the hall and he doesn't have his, his like, uh, cloak on. And yeah. then he walks into the interrogation room and he suddenly has it on. And we're like, what, did you stop off at your chamber to grab the cloak first, you dummy? <laughs> like, it just seems ridiculous. So I kind of did dig that they, they ditched the helmet. But, Mark, I got to agree with you. I think for design-wise, other than Phasma, Kylo Ren, like, top to bottom was so so BA and then especially with like the the cross guard lightsaber was yeah. such a, a cool variation and update and then him utilizing the cross guard in the fight with the with the Praetorian guards I, I mean like oh, yeah. was, that was it was really really cool but I, I do kind of feel like we're not done scarring up his face to the point that he's going to need that mask again I don't yes. I don't think that helmet's gone for good <laughs> um So one thing that they didn't mention at all, really, in this one was, you know, in Force Awakens, he has the scene where he's talking to the melted Vader helmet and saying, like, you know, show me again. Mm -hmm. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't play on that relationship a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen, you know, them elaborate on that, like maybe what he saw or him yearning for that connection to Vader again. I know they mention it, but it was Snoke saying, like, you know, maybe you could be the next Vader. But they didn't really have Ren mention or like longing to be connected to his grandfather in any way. Yeah, and I wonder if if JJ had continued into this film, if they if some of those storylines would have maintained, uh, and if mm-hmm. Ryan maybe just thought, no, I don't like that. Let's not do that. You know, like I, I just, I, who knows how much uh, JJ had a say in the, the writing of this script or, or, you know, that storyline. Right. But um, I'm wondering if that would have carried through a little bit more because they did cut back a lot on the, the Vader stuff this time, it seems. Um, okay. So I'm going to say, I know everybody for some reason has been holding back on bringing this no. up. Jared, you might, you might be upset because I know you've got a super soft spot for Carrie oh. Fisher. 
But we have we have to bring this ridiculous. Yeah, thing. Super Leia. What Mary going. Mary Poppins? <laughs> <laughs> we all have our own ridiculous <laughs> names for it. But yes, Superman Leia. Um, I mean, Ray and I talked about this after the movie. This was like literally taken out of Superman Returns and probably every Superman movie where he goes into space, the sunlight hits him, and all of a sudden he's recharged. Uh, I think they had so many opportunities to send off Princess Leia in a good way. Like, they they did not need to have her fly back into an exploded cockpit <laughs> ship. And I don't know. That whole scene just... When I saw that, I was like, is this really happening in a Star Wars film right now? Is she flying through space using the Force? Like, this just seems like... It's a little bit too extreme for me. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody have any other I, nice nice or not nice thoughts I about that? I liked the idea of it. I liked that uh, Leia got to use the Force. It, it's a, sort of an extreme way to introduce that. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I wish they did it differently. Um, I think there would have been a yes. way for her to survive that or to sort of do the fake-out death without having it be that way. One of the things, too, is that just the way that it looked, she was so stiff, like doing it, like, like it just didn't look natural. It looked like a, like you were moving a toy through the air or something like that. You know, it was yeah. very. I, I think a lot of it was the way they handled it. So that was a little unfortunate, I will say. But <laughs> Liam, all right. So I'm I'm that guy that loves to do like revisions on movies where I'm like, well, I would have done it differently. They're right. doing it this way. Um, you know, the with that sequence, the way that I, I think it could have been executed in a, in a better way would have been if she had like stopped the glass from imploding mm. and allowed people to leave the room. And then it looks like she's going to collapse and going to get sucked out. And then like Poe like pulls her through the emergency door like last minute. And then she still passes out from utilizing the force to such like a crazy degree. And then yep. at that point, you've saved Admiral Akbar, So you still don't need Holdo at all. And Admiral Akbar is the one that pilots <laughs> the ship into Snoke's ship because he goes, Leia, let me do this for you. You know, like you have your general, you have an established character, and it would have been a much more honorable send off for Admiral Akbar, which means you still have leia available to have the reunion scene with luke which is why she wasn't killed off at that sequence she wasn't yes. killed off in the escape you needed to have the reunion with luke so i get it if you if you you need to have that tender moment and especially knowing what we know now with carrie fisher having moved on you know it, it's that's even more impactful to have that sequence now so i think there there was a better way to do it yeah. but um i liked the like you just said jared i like the idea i did not care for the execution right ray it was garbage. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. It's so bad. <laughs> He's done. He's done. Oh, that's a funny. Uh, so I didn't even realize this until right now, but Kylo thinks his mom is dead. Yeah. Are you sure? He doesn't know that she's he. Well, how will, they never interacted again after that. Well, if he can um, sense that she's there, he, she, he could probably sense that she's still alive, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it could go either way, but they have the opportunity at least to play with that. I don't know. I mean, they, does anybody know what they're going to do with Carrie Fisher's character for the next one? Because she's still alive in the Star Wars universe. But I, that's why I was kind of hoping they would have done uh, something a little more something in this one. Because yep. yeah. to just explain her away in the next one, that seems like not great. 
dismissive. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how they're going to handle it. But um, yeah, I thought they would have at least hinted to it here or maybe had her uh, last scene be a little more ambiguous as to where she was going or what she was doing or, you know, just hint at it maybe. Um, so gone. Because well, yeah, like you said, uh, I'll be sad yeah. if it's in the crawl and they're just like, Leia is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to speed things along here. I want to let's talk about uh, was it Crate, the name of the salt planet yes, they go yeah. to? All right, so let's let's talk about that, and then we'll go on to final. Oh reviews. no no no! We um, are so far off from final review. <laughs> 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 Wait, can I also before we go to that final scene? Because I think there's a lot loaded in that scene. There's a few things I wanted to talk about before we we hit that. Um, the Yoda scene. I wonder if everyone can go around and say what they thought about oh, the Yoda yeah. scene. Why don't we start with Ray? Uh, Yoda scene was, it was okay. It was weird. <laughs> it felt, I don't know. It, I, I, okay. So I didn't know until after I saw it that Ray, um, took the books with her. Right. right. So, so now the scene makes a lot more sense now that I know that. Cause he says, I think he says that Ray already possesses everything she needs. Right. In other words, she has the books. So, right. um, so when he burned it down, I, I, I didn't get it at first. I'm like, what, what does he even mean? But okay. that makes sense to me now. But, um, it was weird. He looked weird. It wasn't, it wasn't needed. So, so, um, I, I like Ray so far, but I'm going to disagree with him completely on that one. Um, I absolutely loved the scene. I loved that it was puppet Yoda. Um, it showed why Luke was kooky crazy version of Luke as opposed to the Luke we had in Return of the Jedi because you can you're reminded that that isolation will drive you crazy because when you really think back to Empire and you think about the way we're introduced to Yoda like he's a nutbag and then we go back to to the prequels and he's like so regal and refined until he does the Spider-Man sword fight sequence but that's a whole right, nother right, story right. Um, but the, the 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 one quote that I got out of there that I thought was was incredibly powerful and honestly summed up the theme of this movie is the we are what they grow beyond that mm-hmm. is the true burden of a mass and when you think of that line into itself, this whole movie was about moving on. This whole movie yeah. was about people letting go of the past, living in the now, and then not looking to the future, but knowing that the things they do now are going to impact the future. So that's why you have to live in the here and now. And with Luke, he was so afraid of the past and then so afraid of how that was going to dictate his future that he had forgotten the lesson that Obi-Wan and Yoda had given him in the original trilogy. It was like, you have to live in the now. You have to be here and you have to be present and that's the way you're going to make those impacts and the fact that the students will learn as much from your success but they'll learn even more from your failures and mm-hmm. i think that's that to me was a very powerful message and i think maybe you could have done it with just the disembodied voice but there is something to be said about seeing puppet yoda just popping up on the screen i don't know it, maybe it's the old man in me i just i just dug it i thought that was <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty le- legitimate what about you mark I don't know. So what everything Liam said is all fine and great, but the thing that that scene left me more with is questions about what a force ghost can and can't do. <laughs> lightning. So he's Thor. He's yeah. Thor. So he can he can conjure up weather and lightning, and he can physically hit people that are still alive. Like that was really weird to me. So I don't know. I was left like. I didn't really pay attention to the what was happening in that scene as opposed to like force ghosts are freaking like more powerful than when they were alive. It's, I don't know. It was really bizarre. 
And then kind of, I know we're on this specific scene, but I'm going to springboard into um, another force projection, if you will. Like Luke, so Luke does that. I know you don't want to get here yet, Jared, but I have to. Talking about force ghosts and projections. He had the uh, those dice, right, um, from Han, the Millennium Falcon, like those dice on the this golden yeah, yeah. chain the or whatever. Yeah, the dreidel dice. <laughs> yeah, so... Yoda's allowed to hit people with his cane as a force ghost. Luke gives those that trinket away and kisses his sister. And then they end up disappearing later. I don't know. I was just baffled with these new force powers and the like what the force ghosts can and can't do. I don't know. It was weird. And I don't know if I liked it or didn't like it. Well, I think it was all... Uh we're sort of setting up new rules it seems with this one um and 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 yeah. all of that i think played into that so that that final scene didn't feel like it came out of the blue right like like yoda kind of touching him like that it, it all kind of hints at where it was going i i agree that it 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 veers i think from what we already know but what we thought we knew about this stuff and um from the end of revenge of the sith we even see that force ghosts are sort of a new thing right like yeah he was just learning how mm-hmm. to do this and you know i'm going to teach you can teach you how to do this to commune with qui-gon and stuff so i mean i guess i was fine with that stuff i didn't want to nitpick that much stuff i was happy that we saw yoda because i thought we we need to see a force ghost at some point right like it, it's more than time and it would be difficult to do obi-wan um and if they did anakin that could have been exciting <laughs> and interesting if they handled it right, but I figured they weren't going to oh, do that. Man. But I, I wonder if he will come in eventually because it seems silly that he wouldn't speak to his father, right, after after the fact. Yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be well, a whole gonna Jedi ghost a, party in the next one. So That's what I was going to say. They're going to we'll have, have Obi-Wan there. They're going to have Qui-Gon in there. There's going to be Yoda. Mace Windu oh, with only one who arm. Knows what version, <laughs> who knows what version of Anakin we'll will We'll get Jake up. Lloyd Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So, so my, my, my uh, yet again, revisionist history for this. Um, they had already previously established with the water drops on Kylo that the right. force moves in mysterious ways and that, you know, there is some physical interaction, especially when the connection is strong. So if you think about the connection between Luke and Leia is going to be strong enough that, yeah, he's going to kiss her on the forehead. He's going to hand her these dice that eventually fade as he fades because he's astral projecting. And with her connection to him, she's able to see that. And just like with Luke's astral projection he's able to connect to kylo ren which i think strengthens the projection so that way kylo was able to if anything help make that bridge uh be more uh be stronger between the two of them so i think that's what i liked about that but there i mean there were definitely cues that we knew this wasn't actually luke i mean he was younger he was projecting an image that not only kylo would have remembered but leia leia hasn't seen luke you know, since yeah, he disappeared true. as well. Yep. So, and then we, we don't see boot, uh, boot prints in the salt uh, sand. So, you know, that he's not actually walking on the salt. And then the lightsaber that he pulls out is literally the same lightsaber. We just watched Ray and Kylo snap in two in the ballroom sequence. So, I mean, there were, there were definite cues that we knew that this wasn't 
actually Luke or that there was some sort of trickery going on. But I think it, we were just so excited that we ignored it. We were just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Luke's there. And then once the barrage happens, I think people started to question a little bit like, Meh. he just did, a, you know, a Jay-Z brush off your shoulder. So, oh. so I, I, yeah, that was a moment that was a I didn't really care. It, for it it, Luke, <laughs> I think I think that Luke became more and more Mark Hamill and less yes, Luke Skywalker. Exactly. And exactly. basically, yeah. Ryan was pissed that JJ had killed off Han. So he was like, well, I'm just going to give all of Han's <laughs> lines to Luke. Oh. So how about that? Well, all right, Jared. Are we let? Oh, sorry. Ray. Oh, no. I think that line when he says, see around, kid, I think he was like, I think he was say that was an intentional thing just because it's his dad and he killed him. I think it was more like a little dig, but I might yeah. be wrong. It could <laughs> be I that. that I don't too. Yeah. Jared, can we move on to. Uh, the salt planet. Yeah, it's, yeah, yes. We can move on to the salt. Where, where do you Where do you want to go? We're Jim? already there. We're already on the salt planet. Um, so yeah, was there something specific though that you wanted to bring up about it? No, I think. I mean, obviously, it's the last, the end of the movie. So it's just where we will end our review as you know, well, going in semi chronological order. It, for me, it's like Poe Dameron. Uh, how annoying he is in this film comes to like a head in this scene. Um, <laughs> he is. Like and I really like uh, Oscar Isaac and he's great and he had nothing to do in this. Uh, all of his scenes were like what I would like to refer to as post-splaining. Like they, <laughs> they constantly have him there to just all right. Let me get this straight. You're gonna go in the thing, turn off the thing, and then get out of the thing. <laughs> like every single time. And then he gets mad and he flips the chair and he's so intense and I just and then in this cave scene he's like, wait a second. He's stalling so that we can get out of here. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like he, he's <laughs> just there to explain everything. But, but isn't that valuable for him to learn a lesson? So I thought that right? was like uh, he had to learn that wars not make one great. So he had to learn that sometimes to win the fight, you don't actually fight. Mm. <laughs> Ray's groaning over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh on, man. Ray. Lay it on us. Oh no, no. It was just ah, dude. By the time this uh, I'm now that we're talking through the movie, I'm feeling the way I felt when I was watching the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm reliving the experience of just like, oh, come on. Yeah, you know, I really liked Poe in The Force Awakens. Me too. Uh, and it probably was, it probably was because they used him so, like, in a limited yeah. way. Uh, and all of his scenes, like, he was like the the hero, you know, and he just had limited lines. He was a pilot and like all of his scenes were just him doing pilot stuff, flying around, shooting things. I don't know if we needed that much more character development on him. Uh, clearly, I think that we all agree we didn't. But um, I don't know. It's kind of disappointing to have him shape up to be kind of annoying. Yep. They made him yeah. the Luke of this movie. They made him like the whiny farm boy, like, woe is me. What do you mean I don't get to do what I want to do? I want to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. That's creepy now, Luke, since we know the power converters are a bunch of girls. <laughs> yeah, so that was unfortunate, I thought. I'm sorry. I, I obviously dropped off there at the end of my big Poe rant. So uh, Mark, Mark must have pulled That's the okay. trap door That's on okay. me there to get me to stop talking. <laughs> um, so I don't know. What I mean, else do you want to? There's yeah. not there's not much that I want to bring up, so I'll let you guys handle the rest of it um, as far as the planet goes and any like closing thoughts. But 
it was beautiful. The planet itself was beautiful. Loved the red sands, mm-hmm. the salt over the top of it. I thought visually that was a very stunning uh, um, uh, uh, planet. I loved the Voltpex foxes. I thought those were really, really cool. I liked them going through the little trapdoor stuff. That was really cool as well. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it was it was interesting. I wasn't a huge fan of the sand skimmer scene with, you know, I, I likened it to in Pirates of the Caribbean, how by the third movie, everybody was a pirate. Uh, pirate In this film, everybody was a pilot by the end yeah. of the movie. Like, <laughs> like, why does Finn know how to fly? Why does, why does Rose know how to fly? You're literally telling me that a janitor yeah. and a plumber suddenly know how to pilot a ship, <laughs> and then she's giving him advice like on how yeah. to fly it? Like, to me, that, that sequence was a little r- ridiculous, but I did enjoy that they established that Finn has finally bought in that he's not just here to save Rey. He's here to fight with the resistance. Like that was him committing to the cause. So I dug it. But yet again, like why does this janitor know the blueprints of absolutely every piece of tech that the first order has? <laughs> it just, uh, I, it doesn't jive with me. So there yet, I think it falls back on what we talked about with Canto bite. I don't think that Finn had an arc that made any sense throughout this whole movie. And Rose mm-hmm. did not do him any favors throughout. I was so annoyed with the Finn storyline at this point. I was actually hoping that he was going to make it into that canon because yeah. I thought <laughs> like that would be shocking and like kind of give him some oomph to, to this story and give him a purpose as to yeah. it would have been something. It would have been a little extreme because we know he's one of the new characters and they're probably not going to kill him off. But boy, that would have been kind of exciting, right? Like that would have almost redeemed his story for this film in particular. I think I would have rather have Rose save him and fall into the canyon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she goes and he's cool. Here's our first Asian female character. See ya. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye Felicia. But I think that's that, that's what the, the problem is. Yet again, you would kill off another character that you just introduced in this film that nobody is really invested in. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you give him that send off, does anybody really care? No, I just wanted to get rid of him. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. I felt, that's right. I, uh, I mean, just as far as, I mean, from a movie standpoint, not from like an expert standpoint or anything, but um, <laughs> I just felt like there's just a lot of fluff in this in this whole section too. Like I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure out why Chewie was flying in those caves. I'm gonna miss <laughs> that point. I think by then I might have been a little checked out. It just seemed like there's could have been a lot shorter. Um, I don't know. I, by the time this movie got to this point, I was exhausted. It was just, I was done. And then, so and then like, yeah. I, I think we'll probably have to keep running throughout this uh, whole episode that we did like this film. Um, just to remind our viewers. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk about that because you brought up the point about the Falcon flying through that thing. It seemed to want to call back to Return of the Jedi and, you know, it looked kind of similar to yeah. when they were flying in the Death Star. And there For were a sure. few callbacks in this one. Um, they kind of jokingly, like they'll call it out, like, uh, so things like seeing the oh they hate that like ship the, yeah <laughs> like seeing Leia the the old hologram from the first film or from A New Hope um, you know it was uh, obviously it's nice to see that I thought they should have just had her have done a new message that she was sending to Luke and yeah we can sort of make that connection that oh it's just like in A New Hope yeah um, totally so yeah it's too bad that some of that stuff but I don't know what did you guys think of the the callbacks to the the older films. I was fine with them. I mean, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I don't think they were so 
like they didn't hit you over the head with it. I mean, some of them were ob- more obvious than others, but I don't think it was, you know, a cheap shot, if you will. Um, so it didn't really bother me. I don't know if I'd say I really cared for them either. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really a distraction or a delight for me. Yeah. What about you, Ray? Um, well, with callbacks, as far as there was the Leia thing, I'm trying to think. Neem Num, <laughs> Admiral. Ackbar. Well, no, like even um, like the throne room scene felt similar to Jedi, right? Like, oh look yeah, at your friends yeah. are dying and things like that. Like, oh that yeah, way. the speech was the same, and even before he walks in, this uh, talk that uh, Kylo and Ray have is pretty similar to what Luke and yes. Vader have. Um, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I mean, this movie was kind of like we were talking about earlier, following the beats of 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 Empire Strikes Back, and had a little bit of Jedi in it, but it didn't beat you over the head with it like uh, Force Awakens did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but I didn't. It didn't. Nothing really bugged me in this one, as far as the callback stuff goes. What about you, Liam? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm honestly exactly what Ray said. I I don't think the callbacks were as prevalent as they were in Force Awakens, and honestly, even as much as in Rogue One. Where Rogue One had a, had okay, a, I hated that one. <laughs> Which one? They they bump oh, into yeah, Rogue Pona One. Baba they bumped and, into and at the city and like, yeah. oh, we're wanted and like, yeah. oh my god, you better so watch necessary. yourself. Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> thanks, dude. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, they don't have plastics. Yeah, they don't have plastic surgery <laughs> in this galaxy. Like, come on, man, <laughs> fix your fix your freaking nose. But but the, I, and I think that's part of it, right? It's like w- w- even with Rogue One, there was a, like the sprinklings where like you hear heard them call out um, Hera from from Rebels. You know what I mean? Like there, you know, yeah. there, there was more of it in that than there was in this film. I, for me, the 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 catch was all the humor. There was just uh-huh. there there like we said earlier, it was just yeah. That to me was what took me out of the movie more than than any of the callbacks or anything. So I know we still have to do some some other things here, but I did want to say the last thing, unless, Mark, you have something else, was to just talk specifically no, about good. Luke Skywalker's death. Um, like, did you did you like that he died at the end? Did you like the way he died? Did it make sense that uh, after the struggle, I guess, of doing this force thing that he would die? Like, what was your take on that? Um, Mark, why don't you start with that? I, I think I would have preferred him do an Obi-Wan death. So... Like, I think he should have physically been there. I don't think we needed to see that he can astral project himself across the galaxy. Uh, I would think it would have been cooler if he would have showed up physically there, literally kiss his sister goodbye, hand over the Han dice or whatever those were, uh, and then face Kylo and let him defeat him and become one with the Force. I don't know if I like agreed with how he went after he did that whole projection force projection thing, um, all of the like everything that happened, I was fine with, but just you know him dying secluded on an island, kind of disappearing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of boring to me. <laughs> what about you? Didn't have didn't have as much meaning. What about Ray? Oh man, Luke in general is I think what we haven't even touched on really too much of is the main thing that just. Drives me nuts we, we, about this movie, ha- man. Let this let this be your opportunity because we can we got some time. We can add this. Okay, thing. yeah. I mean, Luke in general in this movie, I think they've made a huge misstep. I mean, one of the greatest cliffhangers in, in a movie I've ever seen was the end of Force Awakens, where Luke pops up and then he yeah. just throws the lightsaber over his shoulder like it's a joke. He doesn't train Ray. He does one well, little scene where he trains her. He wants to burn it down, and then he doesn't want to leave with them, so she leaves without him. And then at the end, he just sits on a rock 
and meditates. <laughs> and then they and then they fucking then they fucking kill him. It's like what was the point of these now we're two movies in and now Luke has not done anything but complained, drink some gross milk and <laughs> and died on a rock. Uh, it just it, dr- it drives me nuts. And uh yeah, it was weird because in the original trilogy, he started off as a whiny kid, and then by Return of the Jedi, he was a really cool, composed, and like powerful yeah. Jedi. Yeah, and then this one, he's a grumpy, yeah, he's a grumpy whiner. Him. <laughs> yeah, then he goes, he reverts back to how he was at the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah, uh, the only scene I felt Luke was awesome in, and I was like, oh, there's the Luke I remember, is when he was talking to uh, R2-D2 on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. I yeah, it was like the first too. time. It's like, oh man, that's Luke Skywalker. But that was me, <laughs> Liam. So, um, so the, my wife describes this as "get off my lawn, Luke," and I, I think that 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 is. I feel like that's pretty accurate. And then, I mean, kind of a callback to um, Mark Hamill had said very early on in production that. When he read the script, he told Ryan Johnson, I fundamentally, fundamentally disagree with everything you've done with this character for this film, but <laughs> I see why, so I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And like, I thought that was kind of interesting for him to come out and say, but now that we've seen it, like exactly what Ray was saying is that there was a lot of miscues for this character. I felt more of the, like the Mark Hamill, the Joker Mark Hamill than Luke Skywalker Mark Hamill. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just the jokes, if it was his delivery, the fact that he almost felt very dismiss- dismissive of a lot of the scenes, a lot of the sequences, his conversations with Ray, um, the lack of training. You know, I, I think I wanted almost like a Rocky montage of like Ray yeah. and Luke. Like, Dude, that, exactly. That's what this movie steps. needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got all these hills and mountains. Like, they could have been running up to the top. She could have, like, you know, skipped in place with a towel around her neck. It would have been sweet. But I don't know. I think they spent so much time um, complaining. Yeah, like, in Canto Bike, complaining. (laughs) Like, like setting up these jokes that we didn't need. Like, I think that they did miss a huge opportunity. And I kind of hope that... With him being a force ghost now, which I I actually did enjoy him doing the send off. I agree, it would have been better were he in person and had gotten um, Obi Wan. I think that would have been better than him going <laughs> Yoda style. But regardless, I mean, either way, you still get the same end result. But I th- we I think all four of us can agree that we're not done with Luke Skywalker. We're gonna get yeah. a bunch of force ghost Luke Skywalker, and I'm I'm actually worried. That they're gonna do too much of like Luke Skywalker popping in on Kylo while he's like taking a crap or something. Like I just, <laughs> I just don't want them. I don't think JJ would do that because I, I think he has a different mindset. But like, I don't know. There's, I have, I have concerns. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think. All right, round us out. I, I Jared. just think, like the the concept of Luke being grumpy and upset and wanting the Jedi to end. That's fine. That's great, uh, and it's almost expected. I think. I think you can tell from. From the last film that they're setting you up for that part, but it didn't, it didn't come around the right way. Like, like we should have had some great moments uh, before she left that that showed us a better Luke, or or at least he could still be grumpy, but we should have seen more training. We should have seen more Jedi lore in general. I think on that island, um, like they hinted at a lot of stuff, like that whole the butthole of the island part, you know, like, <laughs> like they didn't do anything with that. Right. Like, it, I mean, it was kind of interesting, the the snapping and, but they didn't, it didn't kind of like 
satisfy you know what you hoped you would have seen there certainly not anything like luke seeing vader in the cave on dagobah um yeah so there's a lot of that stuff on that island where i feel like they could have done so much more and we wanted so much more of that jedi stuff um and we just didn't get it you know so i was a little disappointed that he didn't come around sooner and i think it would have maybe have made his end scene a bit more impactful um if they had sort of redeemed him a little bit more before she left instead of just having the switch happen while yeah. she was gone. So, um, well, he was just a grumpy old man the whole time. Um, <laughs> and like what I, you guys were saying, his train, the training it wasn't even training. She got like a lecture and a half about yep. the force. And then that was, that was her training. And it's like, so Luke had legit training from Yoda was running through Dagobah and like, had the whole thing and he had trouble stacking rocks on top of each other. She has one lecture and is able to move like an avalanche of rocks <laughs> and boulders. Well, <laughs> like, and here's another, the, the and also, Oh, go hurt. How no, long was she ahead, there? Man. Because yeah. they were like on that run from the Imperials. I think they had 18 hours. So, Oh, that's so right. how long was she actually, then, I mean, it's, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, every planet has different lengths of days, so maybe their day on that planet was like. Well, you could hours. kind of stagger oh. those. <laughs> you could probably stagger those storylines a bit, I think. I oh think yeah, I'm sure you could stagger a few yeah. days. Maybe she left a couple days before that all went down or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. but is there? I mean, you guys are the Star Wars people here, so do they ever officially say canon <laughs> how long Luke was on Dagobah? Because even that seems relatively. Could have been oh, during short. Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but same same kind mm. of th- like th- uh, thought process, right? Because you figure he, the Battle of Hoth happens, the Falcon is on the run. Because same thing, how long are they in the worm's belly on that asteroid? You know what I mean? Right, like there's, right, right. right. The, the, the time is uh, time is fluid, right? There, there's not going to be a point where you can say, well, he was exactly on for this many days. So yeah, to some degree, he was probably there for like 18 hours on Dagobah. It's like, <laughs> hey, I ran around with my master on my back like a backpack this is awkward and new for me so yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean I, I definitely i could see that there's a lot of um uh i feel like jedi training is very rushed and then we have also seen that it, it doesn't work <laughs> even when you try to raise them from younglings because then they turn into darth vader so i mean the, the, there's definitely uh misses on on either on either side of that i actually was gonna i think we we completely forgot to touch on the fact that ray's parents get revealed in this film Mm. and basically she got sold for a handle of jack daniels so like do you believe that though i don't know if that i'm i'm kind of like i'm on the fence right because part of me likes the idea of her being a nobody because Mm -hmm. that was what was so exciting about luke in a new hope is he was just a farm boy from nowhere because at that point we didn't know Darth Vader was his father. We just knew that his dad he thought he was a spy, uh, navigator on a spice freighter, which is weird because a spice freighter navigator would have been a criminal. But regardless, <laughs> but you know you find out oh he's actually a Jedi Knight. But even at that point, like how important is that? So he's right. kind of a nobody, which is really cool. So this takes it back to that ideology that she, like anybody can be a hero, right? I think that was what made so Star Wars so endearing to begin with. So I like that aspect of it. But yeah, I do kind of feel like there is that potential that JJ is going to come back around and be like, oh, no, 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 no. He, she's actually a cousin. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I hope they don't. Yeah, she. But who knows? 
there's definitely something more to the parent. There's no way they're going to end it at that. But even if they do, this was a crazy theory that I have. Who Anakin didn't have parents. He had a mom, right? But he was like a force baby, right? Wait, so maybe Ray conception. is a force baby as well. Yeah, she's lying. She's just embarrassed. Yeah. She had some kind of hookup and didn't want to say, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, so I don't know. I think she might be a force baby like Anakin was to uh, be the opposite side of Kylo's crazy. I think she could have an interesting uh, backstory, but I, I hope she's not related to somebody. I just, I we don't have to keep having be too everybody easy. related in these in these things. Well, don't didn't yeah. was it Snoke that said something about that where it was like the more powerful that Kylo became in the dark side that the force was going to automatically balance that and yeah. make somebody yeah. more powerful in the light. Right. Mm-hmm. So technically she doesn't have to do any training, just Kylo does all the training. She gets the she benefits. More powerful. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that sounds easy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why that explains everything actually. <laughs> Um, all right. So do we have, okay, before we go into reviews, Jared, do you have anything? So, all right, let's go like last thoughts. If you guys want to add anything before we jump okay. over to final reviews, you know, by the, by the time the prequels finished, I had given up on star Wars recapturing anything specific from the original trilogy, uh, from my childhood. Um, <laughs> and then you can enjoy these films a lot more. I think once you sort of surrender that I, I saw <laughs> empire strikes back when I was eight years old. And, you know, an eight-year-old, you're, you're pretty stupid still. And so you fall for absolutely everything. And uh, everything was emotionally impactful back then. You know, Lando betraying them was like, oh, my gosh. You know, you weren't capable to sort of figure some of this stuff out, you know, at such a young age. So these things were very impactful then. And I think that's why, for me, Empire will always be my favorite. So once I let go of that stuff <laughs> and know that no Star Wars film will ever come close to having that kind of impact on me uh i could sort of have fun with a film like this where i i did enjoy the experience of watching it but i still think lots of problems and story but you know i'll probably go again another few times in the theater so <laughs> yep yeah. yeah liam what about you final no, thoughts? um so i absolutely love this movie i thought it was flawless i thought all the jokes hit like a hundred <laughs> no 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 so like to you know Call back to what we said earlier on, like what Jared had said is, you know, I loved this movie. I will definitely go and see this multiple times. Like, I, I still thought this was a lot of fun. I think there are far more opportunities and misses in this film than what we had in Force Awakens. And I feel like it's odd that critics have been so positive on this, but fan reaction seems to be so polarized, which I think. Can we talk about that a little bit, crit- by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I, I think that's that's what kind of threw me is like, it's at like a 95% or something. Like, I don't know what critic, I don't know what movie critics are watching, but I don't feel like they're actually watching this. Like, it, it just doesn't quite, it doesn't quite um, jive with, with what it, the, the conversations I've had with other Star Wars fans, the conversation that we've had tonight. Um, so, so for me, I'm, I'm with Jared. I had resigned myself during the prequels that nothing was going to hit me the way that a new hope empire or, or return of the Jedi did. And empire leaps and bounds stands above the rest for me. So yes. that will always be the top for me. The prequels, I, I, I was in my teens. I was in my teens when they started, I was in my twenties by the time they ended. So I, you know, I was old enough that I could kind of see the flaws in those as well. I feel like 
this was still more enjoyable than the prequels. So it's going to sit kind of like in that middle, but nothing that they ever put out will ever be as good as the original trilogy. That's just, I, I, that's the truth of it. So with this mm-hmm. one, I, my expectation was never that it was going to be as good as that, but so long as it, so long as it continued the story of the force awakens and it didn't dive into the, 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 the failures of the prequels, I was going to be fine with it. Ray, uh, you can feel free to bring up the the crazy. Oh, I'll I'll, t- I'll touch on that in a minute. Um, I, what I really wanted to talk about is is I really and this might be a controversial point. Um, that I think it's JJ it's JJ it. Abrams is at fault for this movie sucking. Um, <laughs> JJ is known, and I mean from Lost, him and David Lindelof will write a bunch of cool little mysteries. And they write mysteries. And The Force Awakens was not a great movie, but it had a lot of mystery and it had charming characters. And you gave, forgave that movie for <clears throat> for those reasons. Who are the Knights of Ren? Who is Snoke? Who is Rey? Um, you had all these questions when you walked out and you liked all the new characters. And so you were like, oh, well, it was a rehash New Hope. Okay, I can live with that. It was fun. This movie took all those questions... And just didn't even address them, really. Squashed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think... Well, they killed one of them. Yeah. yeah, well, they killed one of them, which is fine. I don't even care about that one. That's, <laughs> I don't know why people are getting weird about that one, but that's fine. Uh, so I, I kind of <laughs> feel like... Th- I think that's why people are pissed. I think it's because like, you set up this stuff in the last movie, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even address it. Um, and it, even, even yeah. with the Ray's origins, it's kind of like a throwaway line. At one point in the movie, I mean, they tease it. They tease yeah. it so hard in in uh, Force Awakens, and then when she's in the cave, she asks about it, and then it's just like, and then there's the one line where he's like, "You want to know who your parents are? They're you know they're junkers," and fine, but there was no Knights of Ren. There's no ex- explanations for anything, and I walked out. It's like, well, what did I just see? So. That's my final thoughts. <laughs> Overall, though, I did enjoy the movie. I know it doesn't sound like it. Um, there was just a, but I mean, this is Star Wars, and who hates Star Wars more than a Star Wars fan? That's right. right. <laughs> this, this is true. But I think it's safe to say. I mean, we're all super passionate about this, so we're gonna nitpick it at a completely different level as anybody. Like it's different than anybody else would for any other yeah. movie. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, I mean, um, to me, all Star yeah. Wars films are like—it's almost the equivalent of Disneyland. There are parts of Disneyland I really like, parts of Disneyland I don't care for, but I will always go back to that park a million times a year and love yeah. it every time. Yeah. Um, so it's—it's it's kind of like that for me. So I lovingly tear it apart. So Ray, what what were you going to yeah. say about the critics, though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, also one more thing I wanted to say about what I was saying before. It was kind of like, uh, I was thinking about it when I was writing my notes today. It's, it's kind of like Prometheus. I don't know if you guys are fan of, saw yeah. fans of Aliens. Prometheus, yeah, yeah. Did the same, Prometheus did the same thing. When Lin, and Damon Lindelof wrote that, which is JJ's buddy. And uh, you know they brought up all these questions, didn't answer them. And then Covenant came out. And they didn't even addri- didn't even address any of it. <laughs> so um, no, but this sorry, I'm all over the place now. Uh, as far as the critics go, <laughs> I just think it's. I think honestly, I mean, think about the Marvel movies. They're all 90s, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I saw Thor Ragnarok, and it was it was it was good, but I wouldn't give it a 90 what 94% or whatever it has. And 
Yeah. Disney must be like really throwing some amazing parties or doing something <laughs> <laughs> for these critics to where they, you know, with goodie bags just filled yeah. with oh, money. Yeah. Money out. Here's I your briefcase of money. I mean, I don't know. I might be completely off on my assumptions, but I mean, I think that's kind of what's going on. There is okay. So for me, I'm. I love Star Wars. I love the Marvel movies. It is, it's different though. For me, when I go into all the Marvel movies thinking like, all right, I'm just going to go in for a fun two hours and I'll probably never rewatch this film again. You know, like I won't go out of my way for any of the Marvel movies, but I will go see all of them and enjoy it on the one view. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's very weird that this movie in particular has gotten such high reviews from the critics. I mean, we can all speculate that it's, you know, they're getting paid out for these reviews, but it's, I don't know. There's definitely a, a huge divide there and there's something weird going on as to why these critics are reviewing this movie so highly. I, I you know, I think it, it is different for a star Wars film. The, the, the flavor of this one seems very different. And I don't know if maybe the reviewers aren't hardcore star Wars people. And, and so maybe they think, like, you know, it's it's a different kind of thing. So I like this thing as opposed to people who are holding tightly to the other films. Um, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really read the reviews because I wanted to stay fresh before this. Uh, I'm going to I am interested to go back now and read the reviews and see where they're what are they grasping onto so tightly in this one? So wh- real quick, though, what are your guys' thoughts about the fact that Ryan Johnson is now being given his own trilogy for the Star Wars universe. Like after watching this film, do you think uh, you can sit through an entire trilogy where, I mean, maybe he'll do better because he doesn't have JJ setting up a bunch of stuff that he has to figure out after the fact. That final yeah. scene. I don't know. was very troubling. You don't like broom kid. Come on. I don't like broom kid. I, I, I get it. I get yeah. the point. And that's a sweet point. And a, you know, I think we could have done it in like five seconds in a different scene. Uh, to hint at that, um, but I, to end a Star Wars film before that, yeah, that, that you know, cut uh, to credits that's so iconic in these films, I, I was a little like, oh, it felt like the end of a TV episode or something. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, again, I said it before; it felt very, very prequel. Yep, yeah. Um, and that ending just, it, yeah, like Jared was saying, it it's almost disrespectful to end that way a Star Wars movie. Um, but to answer Liam's question, I mean, obviously I'm going to see whatever Star Wars movies come out. Um, regretfully, I will see the Han Solo (laughs) in theaters, um, which we'll talk like a minute about that before we wrap up. But so the hope that I have for him getting his own trilogy is that he'll be able to plan it from start to finish. So hopefully he'll be able to craft something a little bit better um, with this one, like Ray was saying, it's kind of weird to have him jump in in the middle where JJ created this world, then he's supposed to continue it. Um, so I don't know. It's I don't know if I'm excited about it. I'm definitely hesitant, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it'll be okay because one person is in control of the whole arc of all three movies. But only time will tell. Well, what do you, what do you think, Ray? Then we'll let Liam close it out. Um. As far as far as what with JJ uh, taking over, uh, Ryan no. Johnson getting his own yeah. trilogy. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I love Looper. 
Looper's a great movie, although it does get lost. Yeah, that was it does get movie. lost though for a bit. Um, I'm down to see what happens. I mean, obviously he worked well with with Lucasfilm, so I mean Lucasfilm has been, have a lot of trouble with their directors. So if they're going to give this guy right. a, uh, something to do, um, I'm cool with it. We'll see what happens. I, I think honestly, I do think that JJ set up something that was kind of pretty difficult to follow, and I kind of felt like maybe he just decided to not deal with it <laughs> so um <laughs> uh we'll see what happens all right liam no no i kind of dig that because like you um ray bringing up the fact that like with jj with lost right when you think about like season what three and four and even like five to some degree we were just like wow this completely lost their their way and i i think that this movie um to try to pick up from all of the mystery and all the cliffhangers that were left over from Force Awakens like i think that was going to be a difficult job for anybody to do so ideally yeah if he can construct this trilogy uh, wherever it's going to be placed if he can do it from start to finish then yeah maybe maybe there is more cohesion across it i i think that even with looper though the, the directorial style for me was very jarring and so that was my concern kind of coming into this film. And he didn't let me down when it comes to, to my expectation yeah. in that regard. So there is there is a little bit of uh, apprehension. But like Mark said, I'll watch any Star Wars movie, TV show they ever put out because I'm I'm a junkie. So whatever, yeah. whatever they want to do, whoever they want to get it to, to come out and direct, I'll, I'll, I'll still watch it. I'm curious to see how far they can go away from original trilogy and still have a successful... Star Wars film that feels like a Star Wars film. Uh, they're certainly moving in that direction with yeah. these new characters and killing. I mean, the the main cast is gone. So um, and R two and three PO were even used very limitedly in this yeah. in this film. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what the um, you know maybe it is a passing of the torch. The new generation loves these new films, and the old ones just have to keep watching the original three. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump into our final reviews. Um, I asked everybody on this panel to list their all the Star Wars movies from you know their favorite to least. We're not going to go through our full list because we have already gone super long <laughs> on this episode. So we're all going to go around the room, give our rating, and where this movie, The Last Jedi, falls. So what movie is it better than, and what is it worse than? in each one of our own um, opinions. So really quick, I'm going to go through our rating system, which is unique to the Squared Co. podcast. Um, On the top, we have See It Again. So good that you have to see this movie multiple times in the theater. We have Next is See It Later. Um, Maybe So you definitely need to see this movie in the theater. Maybe not right away, but definitely worth catching at least one time. And then see it at home. Pretty self-explanatory. Don't go out of your way to see it in the movie theater, but maybe catch it streaming on Netflix or on demand. Uh, And then see it never. Again, super self-explanatory. So bad. We don't advise anybody see this movie. So before we start, I'm going to go first with this. We've already admitted to seeing, I think everybody here, to seeing this multiple times. Being Star Wars fans... See it again will be the answer for any Star Wars film, I think, <laughs> good or bad, just because we've got we've to see it again to really nitpick at it and see what's going on in this, these films. So taking that out of the equation, like we're just going to assume everybody's going to see it again. If like, what would you give this for a non-Star Wars fan? 
Um, so for me personally, it's see it again. Like obviously I've seen it multiple times, but I would say um, for the non-Star Wars fan, I almost would say see it never, um, but I'll say see it at home as my review for this one because, you know, it was really weird and I don't know if you're not a fan of Star Wars already, this is a very, very awkward movie to jump into. So yeah, I don't know. I would definitely recommend you not going out of your way at all and maybe catch this one just on TV if you are not a fan of Star Wars already. So that's my review. I would place this, I would say this is worse than Return of the Jedi. And I almost, as I was watching this, I knew that I had to place this somewhere. So I was like, there were moments when I was going to place this like worse than Attack of the Clones or uh, some of the prequels. But I ended up not going there. So I'm going to say it's better than Revenge of the Sith, but worse than Return of the Jedi. So it's right between the prequels as far as how much I like huh. this movie. Um, it's, yeah, there was, I was, the first time I watched it, I was very upset for the first half. Um, and then, yeah, I think the second viewing, it was much more enjoyable huh. for me. So it kind of redeemed yeah. itself. Um, okay, so we'll go to Liam sure. next. Um, so interestingly enough, I also ranked it um, higher than Revenge of the Sith. Um, but I actually put it underneath mm-hmm. Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. um, okay. kind of like the any of the newer movies that have come out, I, I think anybody could guess that Rogue One was my favorite out of the three that have been released under the Disney banner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like we said, it had a lot of flaws. It was still enjoyable. So I don't want people to think that with all the negativity that we've kind of put into the, the two hours <laughs> here, um, that this is still an enjoyable movie. For me, like, yeah, it is a, a see it again, but I would kind of still fall between like that see it later and see it again. So I would say like watch it. And then maybe give it a week to breathe and then go and watch it again. Because that way you have time to kind of think, re, you know, replay some of the scenes through your head and then go back in and, and, and watch it another time. I wouldn't say like, hey, wait till it hits the $5 theater. But, you know, like see, see it because I think a, a film like this has benefits being viewed with the, like a Star Wars family, if you will. Like when you think about people like all laugh simultaneously, everybody cheers at the same time, everybody gasps at the same time. I think when you see a Star Wars movie above and beyond any other type of film, it's an experience into itself from like buying, buying your tickets and waiting in line and the conversations you have with the people to the point that once you're in the theater and you're so amped up and so ready for that film, I think that above and beyond anything, even Harry Potter or um, Lord of the Rings, like the, these films are its own um, beast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's important for you to see it while that is still occurring, as opposed to when you're sitting in a theater with like five other people it just doesn't, it's not going to feel the same way. It's not going to be the same kind of experience. So I would actually still classify it to see it again, but a little bit into see it later, wait about a week. All right, Jared. Oh, I get next. to go next. Um, so this is hard because placing them in this, it's hard to not say exactly what everything is. So it's like fifth on my list, I think. I put this. Uh, I put Revenge of the Sith before this, and I put Force Awakens right behind it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I did like this better than Force Awakens. So you're the you're the same as you're the same. Was as that the same Liam? as Liam? No, no you, you flip flopped. I had it above yeah. Revenge of the Sith, okay. but, but, uh, but like, below yeah. Force Awakens. You have it. Right, you have right. it. Okay, okay, okay. Right, right, right. Uh, as far as the review, I would say see it uh, once. Uh, assuming you saw the Force Awakens, I think if you didn't see the Force Awakens, uh, the, this would be. 
a jumble, <laughs> a bit of a mess. Uh, you'd have to at least have, have seen that. So uh, for someone coming in without having that, I'd say don't don't see it at all. But um, for for someone who has seen The Force Awakens, I'd say at least see it once in the theater. Um, so that would be that would be my review for that. All right, Ray. Let's all right. Uh, I give it a see it see it once. You got to see it in the theater for sure. It's Star Wars. Even if yeah. you're not a big nut crazy person like us it's star wars is, is it's a it's a spectacle to see and it's worth yeah. it's worth checking out so and uh i placed this movie um i put it better than phantom menace but um wow. but uh but uh rogue one beats it out on my list so <laughs> that's yeah that's uh actually you know i might I kind of forgot about Rogue I One. Re- <laughs> I think every every time we ask this question, I might rearrange oh, yeah. my order. Def, same. I, I think Rogue One might. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with my answer. But um, before we, we wrap up, I wanted to ask everybody really quick. Obviously, there's no stopping Star Wars. They're going to it seems like they're going to make movies probably forever, at least within our lifetime. Um, I am, to be completely honest, I am very scared of getting Star Wars fatigue. Um, I'm definitely already there with the Marvel movies. They have a minimum of two per year now. Uh, and the next Star Wars movie, they jumped it. So it's coming up in May, right? The Han Solo movie is getting released next May, which is like six months away. Um, I don't. I love Star Wars so much. I already see that with this movie, there was less kind of anticipation and excitement than there was for The Force Awakens. Um, And I know that's because there was a bigger gap between, but I don't know. I'm afraid that they're doing too much and we might get Star Wars fatigue. (laughs) Um, Really quick, just going around, are you guys excited for the Han Solo movie and the future of Star Wars in the theaters? You know, staying on the Star Wars or the Skywalker saga and then branching off into these one-offs. Uh, since we ended with Ray, we'll start with Ooh, Ray this time. Uh, I'm, uh, Star Wars fatigue is definitely possible, and I think, it's, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I'm a little nervous about this Han Solo movie. There's been no, there's been yes. no photos. Yes. <laughs> there hasn't even been a shot of uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich, yeah. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. There hasn't even been a photo of him, like, released in the in the costume. They they did... Didn't they do a group one of yeah, them? But yeah, but that was, like, in casual clothes. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. just street clothes. Oh, just them, like, yeah. Um, there hasn't been anything for this thing, and it's and it's right around the corner. I mean, dude, uh, Force, uh, Force Awakens is an exception, but uh, Last Jedi, I think the trailer came out what like nine ten months before and there was already some photos i think then too so this thing is it's it's gonna be a i have my my feeling it's gonna be a stinker and uh we're in for uh, some problems here i don't know we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> all right Jared. uh nervous about the solo film i think that's a hard character to try to replicate in an entire film let alone if they were just even doing him as a cameo and something else that it's there that I think there's a lot of challenges for that film. Um, I am excited for more Star Wars stuff uh, from a generational standpoint that I want kids to always have Star Wars and to, if this 
newer stuff gets them interested in the older stuff that that's a way to keep it relevant and and alive and i'm all for that um i think it'll always come down to the story for me if they if they can tell good stories and i want to watch it um the problem comes when they have a couple of movies that are bad if they have like two or three in a row that stink then i think we're getting into like x-men territory um so uh (laughs) but i am all for more star wars films because you know even in this film, like the the cruiser going through the the other ship in Lightspeed, I was very excited about that. I got <laughs> very happy with that. So you know, I can I can feast off of these little bits and pieces uh, as they come. And like I said earlier, just keeping a perspective on it that it's like how Christmas is. Christmas wasn't nearly as exciting as it was when we were kids, but it's kind of not for us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I can enjoy it from that perspective. I think. So um, for me, it's weird because like for Marvel, I I don't get I don't think I fatigue at all with those films because each (laughs) well, because when you think about it, like each film still focuses on an individual character, but is part of a larger narrative, which I I thoroughly enjoy. And I think were we able to do something similar with Star Wars, like maybe if that's what Ryan Johnson does with his trilogy, where it's like it focuses on different characters that builds into a new narrative. I think that'd be really enjoyable. I do somewhat miss like the three year gap that we had with the prequels because there was enough time for it to breathe, enough time for you to rebuild that anticipation. And I think that at the time, you know, Lucasfilm and 21st Century Fox were really good about doling out just enough information to keep you interested, to keep reeling you back in. And Disney literally like goes dark. Like I I actually, I don't know, Ray, I, I actually think this trailer for, um, uh, Force Away or for Last Jedi, I don't think the first trailer dropped until summer because I think it was like right around the time that they did like celebration or what celebration was April and then D23 was what J- July. So I, I don't yeah. even think they dropped a trailer till after D23. So it was like a pretty decent length of time before they dropped anything. So I would anticipate that we probably won't get anything for um, the Han Solo movie until probably like February, I would think, like late January, maybe into February. But and I, I think that's part of it. As I think, once they do episode nine, I would like to see like a two year gap at least. It, I would almost prefer a three to five year gap before another Star Wars movie comes out, so we have that time to like rebuild anticipation. So when another film comes, we're excited. But like Jared said, whatever they throw, I'm going to watch. I mean, if they put yeah. out a Star Wars movie tomorrow, I'm still going to. I don't care if it's Jar Jar Binks; I'll still watch it. <laughs> Well, That's the Kenobi lie. film. Yeah, there's the no- lie. <laughs> the Ken- <laughs> the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> trilogy sounds really good. Like that, I'm yeah. really excited for that. So I think that's the next one that I'm excited for. I could do without Solo or Boba Fett or whatever else they're planning. Are they doing for. a trilogy for Kenobi? It's that's a rumor. Well, yeah. well, but and keep in mind, Alden Ehrenreich signed on for three films, so there is the potential that the Solo film oh, could be God. a Solo trilogy. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Because no. we didn't see him in Rogue One. I was anticipating a cameo in Rogue One. but that, Yeah, that was a rumor it. too. Yeah. Yeah. So. This, this hurts right? me. All of this. <laughs> hurts me. Sorry. That's what I'm here for. Oh, I'm man. here for the news. Oh, um, <laughs> Let go of your anger. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh, all right. Well, I th- I can think I can uh, almost guarantee Liam that you will never get a five year gap on no, Star Wars you now. Won't. That's just <laughs> completely out of the question. I think if anything, we're going to go down the Marvel route, and it'll be multiple. Yeah. Well, the next ten years are mapped um, out already. I, w- I believe, right? They've said that they for Star they've Wars, got Star yeah. Wars for the next ten Ugh. years. So we know. <sighs> yeah. Well, 
Uh, I mean, I'm with Liam though. I would I would like more of a gap between each film, but I I don't think that's happening. It's just not gonna. Well, happen. what's interesting though is if they start doing <laughs> um, these TV series uh, and all these other things that sort of keep it constant, that that could also add to fatigue if if they're not good, especially if they're not good. Well, I think that's what differentiated it from Star Trek, yeah. right? Was that you only ever had the films, so you didn't have the TV show to like overwhelm you. So yeah, I, mm. I'm a little concerned about the live action, but depending on what uh, what time period they pick and yeah. As long as they introduce all new characters, it could be pretty cool. So I would like to see. So this is the last thing that we'll leave, you know, before we actually wrap up. (laughs) I would like to see them if they do. You know, obviously they're going to continue doing this. I want to see a bigger separation from the sagas. So you know, they have the prequels, they have the original trilogy, they have this Force Awakens trilogy, Um, like. I thought that the Rogue One story was going to be further away from the trilogy. That was like, you know, a New Hope point five, <laughs> um, true. Or it was almost like a prequel to A New Hope. Yeah. I would I want to see these standalone movies actually be standalone. So far, every single one that they've announced, it is completely dependent on the existence of these other yeah. films. I want to see a movie that, you know, this is a terrible example but just one that comes to mind like a character on Canto Bite, like I don't want to see this movie, <laughs> but I want to see them bring to life a character that you know has no impact on the rest Worst of the saga example like, ever. whatsoever. Um, I- <laughs> this is the first thing I can pull up, but I think you guys, you know, you get the gist yeah. of well, what I I'm think- going for. Like, I want a character yeah. story that has no. I would like them to go the back. Like, I, the, obviously, there's the Knights of the Old Republic stuff, but if yep. they can go back to some kind of Jedi lore and still you know, talk in the Star Wars language and, mm. and not just make it a generic space story. Um, space story. I don't know why I said it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> like an old man. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's so much they can explore in that Jedi stuff uh, that everybody loves so much um, and with characters that we don't even know or maybe that were hinted at in the extended universe. I think we could still safely go back there and do some fun stuff without it being... Valerian, you know, basically that's what I'm always worried about. So, you know, there's things to do, I think, but uh, I'm sure they're, that's their plan. They seem to be weaning us off the old stuff. So who knows where that'll, who knows where that'll go. As as far as looking forward, uh, like with this trilogy and if they do a sequel trilogy to this trilogy, which I assume 30 years, maybe they will. Yeah, well, you never know because Daisy Ridley did say that she would uh, not return as Ray after episode nine. So right, uh, I would right. think Famous that whatever they Star do, Wars words, yeah. right? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it happens. Right. Just like every every couple of years, George Lucas would come up with some crazy new claim. Like I remember growing up, he was like, "Oh, I'm never gonna do episode nine, um, another yeah. Star Wars movie." Then, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, then he's then he did the prequels, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm never releasing the original trilogy on DVD," and like. Okay, that's just the weirdest thing to ever claim. <laughs> well, there, obviously there is something to be out. said that George Lucas couldn't create a satisfying Star Wars movie. I mean, you know, argue that all you want, but like that the prequels, they haven't even touched the prequels with this new stuff. Like they're really ignoring it. But was that a prequel ship at the beginning of this one? Were they using prequel starfighters when they were doing that opening battle? Mm-hmm. 
No, they do. It was just X wings, A wings, and then those weird new bombers that they had that were completely ineffective. Those weren't new bombers, though. weren't no. those B wings? Didn't they have those? But in the, the B, no. but the B, but the B, yeah, B wings are solo pilots. These ones had multiple crew members in the oh, ship. But they yeah. did kind of have a throwback to like that crucifix form that like the B wing utilized. But the yeah, yeah. but the yeah. B wing was uh, a ship that rotated around the cockpit smaller. So yeah. um, I mean, they lock into place when it, the the T part of it kind of comes along to the side. But yeah, with these ones, it was uh, I don't know. This was a but weird what were ship. those little fighters? The little fighters that weren't X wings. They were like little a, an A wing. Those were A wings. A wings. Yeah, we saw oh, okay. we we had those yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Hands down, that is my favorite ship. I freaking love the A wing. Mm. But that's from the video game X wing versus Tie mm. Fighter because A wings ah. were so freaking fast. You could just do strafing runs on uh star destroyers and they couldn't hit you it was awesome yeah. <laughs> where's uh where are the y wings yeah. um yeah probably in a I museum in <laughs> 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 um all right so that's all that i have for this very long episode i know we could probably talk for another two hours <laughs> Easy about like the most minute detail of any Star Wars. Let's keep it going. Um, I know (laughs) we could break all night long. We could break this show up into episodes. Like this is just episode one, bro. All week long. We're just getting started. We. I think. I literally think. But you know, between Ninja Turtles and Star Wars, we spend a decent chunk of every single episode talking about you know those fandoms. Um, so without a doubt, we'll have another Star Wars episode at some point, you know, whether that's the review of the highly anticipated Han Solo (laughs) film or, you know, just toys and collecting Star Wars in general, uh, who knows, but without (laughs) making this another hour long, I think we are going to have to say goodbye today. Um, but before we do, I want to say thank you so much to Liam and Ray for, you know, taking the time to spend and talk to us today, um, but also going out and seeing the movie and keeping us in mind during that viewing. Uh, Cause it is a different thing to see a movie knowing that you're going to have to talk about it. Um, so I really do appreciate your guys' time and your input and knowledge on. Star okay. Thanks, but man. before we go, I have to read the one sentence reviews from the room because I said <laughs> oh, I would, here we go. Uh, this I will be very quick. That. So we asked people in the Slack to write a one sentence review. Um, and so Tim Anderson art said, uh, his one sentence review is that's not how the force works. <laughs> um, <laughs> zombie Bacons, which is uh, Anthony Petri. Yes, Anthony Petri. It's not that I thought the jokes were bad. I just didn't want to hear them. Um, <laughs> yes, that was exactly <laughs> my thought too. Chris, I love it. <laughs> Chris Ramos. <laughs> it's not even a sentence. Green titty milk. That was, that was <laughs> oh, Chris, that was perfect. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then Daniel Clark has a few here. Uh, Yoda is still the best. And then outside of a few too many last minute saves, escapes, and semi-convoluted code breaker plot, I thought it was fantastic. Nice. uh, (laughs) And then Dave Pryor, an emotional movie for many reasons. This one has stuck with me more than the last two new films for how much more I want to learn about this galaxy far, far away. Nice. Thank you guys for writing those. And I just had to make sure we got those in. Cool. Yes, I think uh, we can all, as a collective group, you're kind of agree. Green titty yes. milk. Yes, <laughs> I love green titty milk. Too. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> identify with Put that. Put that on the ad, right? <laughs> I'll make a T-shirt that says that. That's legit, right there. Uh, all right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, you guys. Um, if you aren't already here because of Ray or here because of Liam, thank you for joining us. But if you are interested in learning more about these guys, we will have links to their work and how you can get in contact with them through our show notes. 
Um, that's that's all I have for today. I know uh, you're probably sick of hearing <laughs> me talk. So I am. thank you again so much for thank you for listening. Uh, that's it for today. We'll see you later. You gotta end with your your chewy scream, Jared. Oh, I, was, I can't. I, yeah. I wasn't. I, wasn't yeah. I need a build up. That was my yeah. All right. Oh, that was perfect.